Hello again, everyone. This is Howard Cosell's Clubhouse Journal, brought to you by Transcontinental Airlines Agency, Beneficial Finance, and by Bohack Food Stores. Today is an afterglow for the New York Mets, because last night was one that they'll never forget. But today is also a new day, and baseball people know one thing above all others. You play each game. Each day, you forget about the one you won or the one you lost the day before. You go out and you try and get them today. And the Mets will try to do just that against the Dodgers as they pit Roger Craig against Stan Williams. Meanwhile, and make no mistake about this, the Mets are the talk of baseball at this very moment because of what they did to the Reds almost three weeks ago. Then to the Giants and what they now hope to continue to do, and what they have already done against the Dodgers. I'll be talking more about this with Clem Levine, who'll be here on Clubhouse Journal with me for the next ten days, right after this message. Say, if you like to save money when you fly, you just listen to me. Call Transcontinental Airlines Agency and fly to California for only $80. Fly on to Hawaii from California for just $80. Fly to Chicago for just $23.40. Or Detroit for only $19. Fly to Seattle for the World's Fair for only $109. Or enjoy a deluxe five-day Seattle World's Fair package for just $259. Or a four-day economy tour to the Seattle Fair for only $240. All fares are each way. Round trip plus tax Sunday through Thursday. Fly to Dallas for only $56 plus tax. Fly to Miami for only $35 each way on round trip plus tax ticket. Now, if you want eight great days in Miami, including hotel, you'll pay only... $84. Call Transcontinental Airlines Agency, representing scheduled supplemental air carriers at Circle 6 3000 for immediate reservations. Call Collect if you like. Call Circle 6 3000. Now call Circle 6 3000. Now call Circle 6 3000. Call Transcontinental. Again, to Clubhouse Journal, a couple of quick notes to update you. Leo DeRocha, who collapsed last night from that violent reaction after a penicillin shot, is fine. He was released from the hospital this morning, was in his hotel room, may by now even be at the ballpark, although he was not there as recently as three-quarters of an hour ago when we were up there. Meanwhile, the Pittsburgh Pirate players have called off a threatened walkout of a scheduled day-night doubleheader in St. Louis. The decision came after the Pirates player representative, Bob Friend, conferred with the baseball player's advisor, Judge Robert Cannon of Milwaukee. The Bucks, of course, didn't want to play a day-night affair tonight. Uh, today, in the wake of uh, the fact that they've got a doubleheader again scheduled for tomorrow and had a night game scheduled last night, which was rained out. But... They will play as everybody had expected they would, though I sympathize with the players. Now to Clem, number 41, Levine. Back, and it's nice to have you here, Clem, on Clubhouse Journal. Let's begin with the Mets' newfound role of spoilers. What's been your observation of this? Well, through all the years that I played, especially when I was with the Brooklyn Ball Club here in New York, we found out one thing. We had some ball clubs we seemed to just have an easy time with all during the year until about last month of the season. It always seemed that, well, after all, they'd be eliminated from the pennant race. I'd take one club in particular, Pittsburgh. was always a club that was a spoiler for us because they'd come into our ballpark and we'd need two games from them. They'd end up either splitting the games or beating us two games. 
I think the one thing that happens is you get a little lackadaisical against a last place ball club. And the first thing you know, they want to beat you awfully bad because it's a feather in their cap in order for them to do it. And therefore, you're not bearing down to the fullest extent. And I know once you've done that, Johnny Padres talked to me this morning on the telephone. He said, how can we let this ball club beat us? They shouldn't beat us. But then again, he found out you better bear down whether you're a 22-game pitcher is going or not. You just have to bear down all the time. And so they lost with that 22-game pitcher, and they may be in trouble for the rest of this series, Clint. It's going to be a difficult series for them. Whether they like it or not, they have Roger Craig going against them today, and Roger's always tough on first division clubs. That's true. Well, Clem, what's been your observation of the development of the Mets ball club this year? In this sense, the one and lost record is terribly poor. We know that. It's a reportorial fact. But have there been any developments in the personnel of the ball club that have impressed you for the future? I don't think that the... Uh the boys themselves, the players, uh, expected their record to be quite as bad as it's been. Of course, I don't believe they expected to lose 30-some-odd ball games by one run either. Uh, but there have been the, the improvements are there. There isn't any doubt of that uh, when you see a fellow that they brought up, like uh, Choo Choo Coleman, their catcher, who certainly looks, he's a youngster, and he looks like he's certainly a, a very good coming prospect. And Rod Keneal, uh, the play of Felix Mantilla was unexpected, I'm sure, especially the way he hit the ball. Oh, all these things uh, have helped. Of course, it, it never shows too much in a last-place club. Not too many things can show. Only the bad things end up showing. But I think all in all, uh, it's, it's just going to work out the way that it's supposed to work out. The club has to improve and will improve as long as they find out that they need new talent. Choo-choo Coleman, you were with him in spring training. What impressed you about him then? I always thought he had very quick hands. I didn't think he had good control of the bat, which is always a youngster's uh, outlook. Generally, he wants to hit the ball and hit it hard. And once he learns that he has quick hands and can also control a bat, that's when he becomes a good hitter. Now, whether he's coming into this stage where now he's seeing the ball because he's waiting a little longer on it, uh, things like this will end up making him a good hitter. But until he really does this, until he waits for the ball and then has the ability to use his quick hands, and I think... When I think back, there's a fellow having a, a tremendous year, Hank Aaron, who has probably the quickest hands in baseball because they say he hits the ball out of the catcher's mitt. And this is just the type of hitter you hate to pitch to him. All of a sudden, you've thrown the pitch, you've got him fooled, you know he's off stride, and then there goes a line drive to right field just because they're good hitters and good quick hands. Clem Labine bringing you with the knowledge that is so firmly entrenched in his mind, not uniquely because so many of the great pros have it, but... It's still there, bringing you the kind of inside baseball that you get from a guy like Clem Labine. We'll resume right after this message. Got the beat? It's summer rhythm. Things to do? Get with them. Want cash, you say? Make a call to Beneficial Finance. That's all. Call for money. The minute you want it, money. The minute you want it. Beneficial Finance Company has a plan that fits right into the wonderful pace of summer living. It's Beneficial's Minute Money Plan. Get cash fast for your vacation, for leftover bills, for any good reason. You'll find Beneficial's Minute Money Plan is just right for you this summer. Call for money. The minute you want it. Beneficial Finance Company. Now over 180 affiliated beneficial offices serving New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut. If you're within the sound of my voice, there's a beneficial office near you. <laughs> 
See the white pages of your phone book. Back to Clubhouse Journal at the WABC microphone and to Clem Labine. Clem, you are a member of the ball club in spring training. You worked with some of the young pitchers. Let's have your views of them, beginning perhaps with Jay Hook and Al Jackson. I think I'll take Al Jackson first because I think he's the one fellow I said I thought was the, the best-looking young pitcher they had on the ball club. Of course, I still do. There's any doubt in it. He's certainly, without looking at his record, which uh, I think is unfortunate, he just can't look at a record as far as Alvin is concerned. Uh, take the 15-inning ball game that he lost and went all the way. The last ball game he pitched, a 10-inning ball game. These are, you have to be a good pitcher in order to go that far in any ball game. And his sinking fastball, he just has to be a good pitcher now. Whether he's going to have a year uh, next year where he gets a few runs and perhaps ends up showing what a good pitcher he is because he'll win a few and his record will show it, well, that's only the future will hold that, and we'll find that out next year. Jay Hook has proved one thing. He's strong. He has the ability to be a stopper, and uh, certainly it's not the first division ball clubs that, uh, that scare him at all because he's, uh, I think he's the first uh, pitcher to beat the Dodgers in L.A., and then he beat the Giants. So Jay, undoubtedly, is, has to be another pitcher that they depend upon. Let's take a look at some of the others. Is there still, despite what the record shows, inherent ability in them for the future? Let's begin with Bob Miller and Ray Davio. Well, poor Bob Miller, and that's the only way I can start it, is the fact that, see, a youngster with 0-10, I can imagine his mental outlook uh, and the concepts that he has about baseball right now. I would imagine if I were 0-10, I'd be about ready to throw in the sponge. But he does have good ability. Uh, no one can ever shake me from that. Uh, I saw him in spring training. I saw the way he throws the ball. I saw his aptitude, which I think is even more important, the fact that he, he learns quickly. Now, how this 0-10 stems as far as uh, Bob Miller is concerned, I don't know because, unfortunately, there isn't any way you can judge a person's thinking. Uh, but I do know one thing. If this year can just be over with in a hurry for Bob and get a new start, a new lease, which I'm sure is what he needs completely, uh, he'll have to show someone he can win ballgames. What about Davio? Well, Ray Davio, I think, was my second choice of That's the young correct. pitchers. because I, thought, I brought him up. Well, I thought he had the good curveball. I thought he had an exceptional curveball with good spin on it. And, uh, well, it is his first year, and I, I suppose like all first-year pitchers, you must give him a chance to become acclimated to just the environment that he's in. Uh, he, again, as far as I'm concerned, will become a good pitcher. You're listening to Clem Labine at the WABC microphone, the pregame edition of Clubhouse Journal, coming up in just a few moments, the second of the three-game series, the Mets against the Dodgers, Roger Craig against Stan Williams, will resume after this message. You may be the proud new owner of a beautiful 62 Lark Daytona in the exciting Bohack King Corn Stamps' most popular Met drawing. Yes, a lucky Bohack shopper, and it might very well be you, will win a brand-new, completely-equipped 1962 Lark Daytona. When you enter the Bohack King Corn Stamps' exciting drawing, be sure to put your favorite Mets player's name on the entry blank. The Met who gets the most votes will win a new Lark Daytona, too. And your vote is also your entry. One thousand lucky shoppers will each win a pair of reserve seats to the Cincinnati Mets game Sunday, September the 16th. While still another thousand lucky shoppers will each win one thousand King Corn stamps. No purchase is necessary. Vote every time that you shop. It's really a lark to enter the Bohack King Corn stamps most popular Met contest. Get your free entry blank at Bohack and win a lark. Hey, and while you're at Bohack, you be sure to pick up a delicious tender, a boneless bottom round roast. Now just seventy nine cents a pound. 
That's at Bohack, where better meals begin. And, of course, every time a Mets ball player hits a home run, 10,000 king corn stamps for a grand slammer, 50,000 king corn stamps. Back now to Clem Levine. Clem, we've only got a couple of minutes left before we go up to the polo grounds for the play-by-play. Your current evaluation, if you will, of the National League pennant race. Whom do you like to win it and why? Well, of course, now we get back to... uh... Well, you know, I've still got quite a few feelings. I sympathize with one ball club I always have and always will, the Dodgers. They're still my favorites. The only the only thing, the only hitch that they seem to have is the fact that Sandy Koufax is just about lost for the rest of the season from what I've heard. And, of course, if they had Sandy, I have a feeling that breeze in, really, I do. But without Sandy, uh, I'll take a guess. And I say that the whole thing hinges on Johnny Padres. He's my choice. He has to be the fellow who picks up the slack completely. He's done quite a good job for them now in the last uh, four starts that he's had. And I'm just hoping that he can continually do it. Uh, the Giants? Well, you know I don't talk about the Giants too much anyhow. No. <laughs> That'll bring mail. What about the Reds? Well, the Reds, now here we go again. This is a, this is a strange club. I, I said they were a strange club last year because I didn't believe they were the best club in the league. But they're doing one thing to me. They're making a liar out of Clem. Because they're doing it again. They're coming from behind. They're winning ball games. They've won 16 ball games out of 19. Uh, gee, when, when you look at a ball club like that, and they've got that little extra drive that you need, and this is the time you want your drive is in September, going into September. This is when you have that good momentum. This is when you can take everything. So I'll say one thing. Right now, I wouldn't rule them out. I seem to be uh, balancing now between the, the Dodgers and the Reds. Uh, I'll still stick with the Dodgers, but if it's going to be a second-place club, I'll have to take the Reds. Over the Giants. Yes. No personal bias involved. No, I don't think so, Howie, honestly. Clem Labine, former star of the Brooklyn Dodgers, the Los Angeles Dodgers, who also did duty with the Pittsburgh Pirates and the Detroit Tigers and who will be doing duty on Clubhouse Journal with this reporter for the next ten days. And it's nice to have you back with us, Clem. Meantime, we're about ready to move you up to the polo grounds for play-by-play. The Mets against the Dodgers, Roger Craig against Stan Williams, Lindsey Nelson, Ralph Kiner, and Bob Murphy standing by. Clubhouse Journal has been brought to you this afternoon by Transcontinental Airlines Agency, Beneficial Finance, and by Bohack Food Stores, Howard Cosell, along with Clem Levine, reporting. Boy, when I get heat rash, I get heat rash. Just can't stop scratching. You ought to get Sea Breeze. Sea Breeze? Yeah, soothing, cooling antiseptic special for skin. Sea Breeze. Oh, the skin. What's that? What? Oh, nothing. Well, anyway, Sea Breeze soothes heat rash because it works two ways, on the skin and deeper down. What do you mean? Well, when your skin is irritated, it's irritated two ways, on the skin and deeper down. So? So Sea Breeze cooling antiseptic kills germs on the skin, then its four healing oils sink in to soothe deeper down. Soothes chafing heat rash, sunburn, itching insect bites, even hot burning feet. Because it works on the skin and deeper down. Right, and only 69 cents at drug counters. Sea Breeze skin. What's that? What? Sea Breeze. Ooh, skin. <laughs> that's just some tame with a harp. WABC, AM and FM, New York's first station for music and sports. 
At the Polo Grounds in New York, it's the New York Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Hello, everybody. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner at the Polo Grounds as we're getting set to go with the second game of the current series. Right now, how about checking your own supply of fine coal Rheingold, Rheingold Extra Dry. Yes, sir, put some Rheingold on ice because it can add a lot to your enjoyment of the game. Here is a beer with a clean, clear taste, brisk and bright all the way through. Rheingold is beer as beer should taste, and dry tells you why. Say, right now would be a good time to light up a Viceroy. Viceroy is not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Well, here at the Polo Grounds, it is St. Pete Day, and we have a delegation from St. Petersburg, Florida on hand for a pregame ceremony, and our Mr. Ralph Kiner is down on the field at the home plate area, and very shortly he will be introducing members of the delegation and tell why they are present here this afternoon. It is again bright and sunny and comfortably cool at the Polo Grounds. This series opened up last night, of course, with the Mets beating the Dodgers by a score of 6-3. to three. And since the Giants won, and the Cincinnati Reds won as well, both gained a full game on the... You know, being New York market selling beer, you'd figure that Rheingold had quite a story behind it. But actually, it can be summed up in two words, extra dry. Yes, those two little words tell you why Rheingold has a flavor all its own. An extra refreshing flavor other beers just don't have. Rheingold brews the long, slow, and costly away, and it makes a big difference in taste. The flavor of Rheingold comes through brisk and bright and clean. It's beer as beer should taste. Any wonder then that millions of people say, My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. But discover the difference that dry makes yourself. Enjoy fine cold Rheingold along with the game. Just open up or order up Rheingold extra dry. The New York Mets have taken the field here at the Polo Grounds. Manager Casey Stengel turns to come back to the Mets dugout. Roger Craig is on his way to the mound. There are two baseballs out there on the mound, so umpire Mel Steiner comes out to uh, ask for one of them, and Craig keeps the other. Ladies and gentlemen, our national
throwing of the national anthem, Pete Reeser comes running out of the dugout of the Dodgers and takes his position in the coaching box at third. And coming around to first is Greg Malibi, the coach for the Dodgers. Leo DeRocher is uh, back at his hotel, having been released from Roosevelt Hospital. He has gone back to the hotel, recovering satisfactorily from the penicillin reaction, which he suffered yesterday, about an hour before last night's ball game, collapsing in the Dodger clubhouse and being rushed to Roosevelt Hospital. But Leo apparently is coming along fine and uh, is back at the hotel room. And that's good news. Here is Murray Wills coming around to step into the batter's box for the Los Angeles Dodgers. We've checked the Mets defense around now. At first base is Carl Strongberry. At second base, Rod Keneal. At shortstop, Charlie Neal. At third base, Felix Mantia. Left field, Frank Thomas. Center field, Jim Hickman. And right field, Richie Ashford. Catching Juju Coleman. Pitching Roger Craig, with the exception of the pitcher, it is the same lineup that started for the Mets last night. The Dodgers, likewise, are starting the same lineup they started last night, with the exception, of course, of the pitcher. Roger Craig facing his former teammate. Looks in to get a sign, has it into the windup. Here's the pitch to Wills, and it's in there for a tall strike. Little Murray with good speed leads the major leagues and stolen bases. He has stolen. 69. Swing and a ground ball to third. Taken by Mancia. Wings it over to Thornberry in time and he's up. Mancia was playing him a little, little close on the edge of the grass. So took it and fired on over in plenty of time. That will bring up switch hitting Jim Gilliam who will be batting left against the right hand pitcher Roger Craig. Gilliam with a season's batting average of 277. Wills has a batting average of 282, by the way. Wills, uh, um, uh, Jim Gilliam has drawn 68 walks this season. Pitches on away. That is high in this lineup of Dodgers. There's a pitch high and outside. It's 2-0. Roger Craig with the pitch, and it's a fastball in there for a call strike. 2-1. Jim Gilliam, who was known as Junior Gilliam when he first came to the Major Leagues with the Brooklyn Dodgers. Roger Craig works the 2-1 pitch, swung on, and belted into center field for a base hit. Jim Hickman ranges over, scoops it up, relays it in, turning and holding it first. Is Jim Gilliam with a line shot single in the center. There is one away, and Willie Davis is coming up. Willie had a home run last night. This season he's hitting 302 and has a total of 19 homers. Left-hand batter with good speed getting down to first base. moves Tommy Davis to the on-deck circle. Craig has the sign into the stretch. Gilliam leads it first, and here's the pitch. It is outside for ball one.
a leisurely throw over. Roger Craig has 11 pickoffs this season. That's an excellent move to first base. Here's pitch just low and away for a ball. It's 2-0. Craig has not had any pickoffs lately because of the fact that word got around the National League about his move to first, and runners do not take the liberties that they once did. He's picked uh, off such base runners as Maury Wills and Willie Mays. And on blasting game, he's picked off some of the better ones. Gilliam lead. Here's a throw over. It is not in time. Another throw over. So Willie Davis steps out of the batter's box. That's the play. Count of two balls and no strikes to him. Greg again in pitching position. Turns and whips the throw over. Not in time. pitch. Swung on and missed. Breaking ball and it's two and one. Roger Craig is making his 27th start and his 34th appearance of the season. Goes over to first. Gilliam's back safely. Since Los Angeles, Craig has won none and lost three. The three losses were all root-going performances. He went all the way. Throws over. Gilliam is back safely. Craig has lost to the Dodgers three to one, five to one, and three to nothing. Craig on the rubber. Into the set position. Pitch to the plate. And it's blowing away. Ball three. Three and one to Willie Davis. Craig's last two outings were in relief. He saved a 5-4 win over the Giants for McKenzie. And he lost to the Pirates in relief when Mancia erred in the ninth inning. Throw over. Another throw over. Gilliam getting back safely. The count for Davis is three and one. Jay Hook, by winning last night, became the winningest Mets pitcher. He has eight victories. Right to Craig has seven. Here's a three-one pitch. Breaking ball. Fouled off and out of play. And the upper deck behind the plate. Somebody has a souvenir. And the count is full. Three and two. With one man out. Gilliam has good speed. He has stolen 12 bases this season. So we'll keep an eye on him and see if manager Walter Austin is sending him. Gilliam takes his lead. He's going. Here's a swing and a foul ball. Max out of play. That will bring Gilliam back. That three balls and two strikes. Greg looking in for a sign from Choo Choo Coleman. 
Has it now into the stretch. Gilliam leading, and here's a throw over. Not in time. that Gilliam was off and running on the last pitch. Roger, I'd like to get him leaning the wrong way. Throws over again. Not in time. Because he has every reason to expect that he'll be going again on the pitch. Here's a pitch. He's moving. And it's a swing and a ground ball. A slow roll to second. Taken by Camille. Underhands over to first in time. That moves Gilliam to second. There are two men out and Tommy Davis will be coming up. Soft ground ball to second base. Keneal moved over to his left and then underhanded. He's on over to Thornberry. Here's Tommy Davis, Brooklyn Warren, third baseman these days of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tommy's hitting 341 with 20 home runs and 122 runs batted in. He has 176 base hits. Choo-choo Coleman calls time and goes out to the mound. Tommy Davis with 176 hits uh, has the most in the major leagues. He needs one more to equal the most by a Los Angeles Dodger ever. Record is held by Charlie Neal, who in 1959 had 177 base hits for the Dodgers. Tommy Davis. Tommy is tied for a second spot in the batting race in the National League. Frank Robinson of Cincinnati is on top hitting 344. Then Tommy Davis and Henry Aaron are hitting 341 each. Playing on a drive deep to left field. And he's sending Thomas way back near the bullpen. He's in the warning track and he makes the catch for the out. Top of the first inning, the Dodgers got no runs, got one hit, no errors, and one left. The end of one half inning of play, the score is the Dodgers nothing, and the Mets coming up nothing. Now, a popular question put to music by none other than Guy Lombardo. Who is the girl who be the girl Miss Rangel, 63? She be a beauty, she be really cute, the only girl for me. Carol Loretta Eileen Beverly is Prue or Chris, the one girl who will be that famous girl, that charming girl, Miss Rango, 63. This is Guy Lombardo. Who will be Miss Rango, 1963? Your vote may decide who'll have the fame and fortune of representing Rheingold Extra Dry, the beer that gets most New Yorkers' votes. So vote now. They're all so charming. I'm in such a fix. Guess I'll just have to vote for all six. Who is the girl who be the girl Miss Ryan goes 63? Now to the bottom half of the first inning and the New York Mets will be sending up Richie Ashburn, Charlie Neal, and Felix Mantia. On a bright and sunny Saturday afternoon at the Polo Ground, Stan Williams is on the mound, 25 years of age. He's a big right-hander who has won 12 games and lost eight for the Los Angeles Dodgers. When Sandy Koufax went out of action, the Dodgers figured that Stan Williams was going to have to come on 
big to take up some of the slack on the pitching score. Of course, some of the slack has been taken up by Pete Rickard. He's been pitching great baseball for the Dodgers of late, and Rickard is scheduled to go tomorrow for the Dodgers. The Mets are scheduled to pitch Craig Anderson in tomorrow afternoon's finale. Here's Ashburn stepping in. Richie has been on base by virtue of a walk or a base hit. Nine of his last 16 times up. Swing and a ground ball going to second base. Up with it is Gilliam. Wings it over to first in time. And Ashburn is out. One away, nobody on. And Charlie Neal will be coming up. He is second to Willie Davis and Bill Verdon in the National League in triple. Neal has nine. Verdon and Davis have ten. Ten each. Looking in for the sign. As it now, he's into the windup, and here's the pitch. Low for ball one. Cookie Lamajetta is coaching at first for the Mets. Salahim is around at third. That's the usual alignment. Playing the ground ball is short. Taken by Mari Wells. Fires on over to Ron Fairley inside. Two away, nobody on for the Mets, and that brings up Felix Mantia. Mantia is a right-hand batter with an average of 281, including 11 home runs. ball, misses low for ball one. General manager of the Los Angeles Dodgers, Buddy Pavese, seated in the box just to the right of the Dodger dugout. Pitches outside for a ball. 2-0. Oh. Of course, Buddy lived most of his life not far from here. He was brought up in Scarsdale, New York, and lived there until the Dodgers went to Los Angeles. Here's a 2-0 pitch. Low. 3-0 now to Felix Mancia. Williams looking in for his side. Works the 3-0 pitch, and it is high ball four. He walking. Mantia had a single and a double last night, so he's going to walk first time up today. Gives the Mets their first base runner. Brings up Frank Thomas. Frank right now is hitting 272 for the season, but he has 29 home runs and 80 runs batted in. 131 base hits. Thomas leads the Mets in most offensive departments. 
Manager Walter Austin in the dugout of the Dodgers on the phone talking out to the bullpen. There's a throw over to Ron Farley, not in time to get Mantia. Pitch to Thomas. He's in there for a tall strike. Throw down to first, not in time. Defensively around the infield, the Dodgers have Ron Farley at first, Jim Gilliam at second, Maury Wills at short, Tommy Davis at third. Frank Howard in left, Willie Davis in center, Duke Snyder in right. John Roseborough, the catcher, and Stan Williams, the pitcher. Thomas still outside the batter's box, comes back in. Tommy Davis at third, plays Thomas deep, and about two steps off the line. There's a pitch swung on and popped up to the right side of the infield. Ron Farrelly at first base makes the catch in foul territory behind the bag. So Thomas is fouled out to first to retire the side. In the bottom of the first, the Mets got no run. On no hit, no errors. There's one man left, and so at the end of one full inning of play, the score is the Dodgers nothing and the Mets nothing. Los Angeles Dodgers will be here tomorrow afternoon, game time, 2 p.m., and that will mark the final appearance of the Dodgers at the Polo Grounds this season. It will also be the final meeting of the Mets and the Dodgers in this 1962 season. Of course, every game played by the Dodgers, regardless of where or against whom these days, is an important game because they're on top in the National League race, but they have only a two-and-a-half game lead over the San Francisco Giants, only a three-game lead over the Cincinnati Reds, and in the next home stand for the Mets, Cincinnati Reds will be in here. That'll be in mid-September. Tickets now on sale for those and all future games of the New York Mets at the Polo Grounds this season. You know, Rheingold goes good any time, but especially on a day like today. If you want to stay cool and refreshed and enjoy the game a little more, why not open up or order up a can or bottle of refreshing cold Rheingold Extra Dry? Coming around to lead off for the Los Angeles Dodgers in the top of the second is first baseman Ron Fairley. Fairley has a season batting average of 302. He has 13 home runs. Craig looking in for a sign from Choo Choo Coleman has it now into the windup. Here's the pitch. It's low for ball one. Choo Choo is getting lots of work for the Mets behind the plate. Again, Craig's pitch. In there for a call strike. Frank Howard next up for the Dodgers. One pitch is on the way. Slow curveball. It's drilled into center field for a base hit. Jim Hickman moving over, and Fairley's on his way to second. The throw to second base, and Fairley goes in standing with a double. It was a line.
Marion Drive into center that was uh, off the battle of the left hand daughter curving away from Hickman. He went over, handled it cleanly, but it was too deep to stop fairly from continuing on to second as he went in standing. And the Dodgers open up with a double in the top of the second, and Frank Howard coming up. Big Frank with a batting average of 304 for the season and 22 home runs. Six feet seven inches tall, 250 pounder. The world of natural raw power. Craig has his sign. Tries to slow serve outside and it's ball one. Failing the bat as he stands there in the battery box. Craig takes a moment to come down off the rubber, straighten out the dirt where he's been striding on the mound. Here's the pitch to Howard. It is outside for a ball. Catcher Sammy Taylor, who has been on the disabled list since the middle of last month with a fractured finger, has been placed back on the active list of the New York Mets. Finger's still uh, a little tender, but apparently he's well on the way to complete recovery. Ron Farley leads at second, and here's 2-0 pitch. Swung on, and it's a fly ball to right. Richie Ashman coming in. Guard Keneal going out. Ashman calls. Barely is tagged, but does not move off the bag. The throw comes across the diamond, cut off by Charlie Neal. It's one away, no advance. That brings up Duke Snyder. Duke with a number four on his back, a familiar figure to New York baseball fans. As a season batting average of 273, he has three home runs. He has not played very much. This is only his 59th game appearance this season. He is the field captain of the Dodgers. His duty this season has been limited mostly to bringing out the lineup cards before the start of each ball game. There's a pitch low for ball one. Dodgers nothing and the Mets nothing here in the top half of the second inning. Here's a throw to second and he's back safely. Charlie Neal cutting in behind Ron Fairley to take Craig's throw. Stumble on across the bag as Fairley dive back in and now has a chest full of dirt and he's brushing it off the uniform. and no strike. John Roseborough, next up for the Dodgers. 
pitch is low. 3-0 and now to Duke Snyder. The crowd last night of approximately 40,000 fans here at the Polo Ground sent the official paid attendance for the season for the Mets up to 819,733. Greg checks the runner, and here's a 3-0 pitch to Snyder. Right in there for a call strike. It's 3-1. and one. Again, Craig checks and deals 3-1. Swung on and fouled off. So the count is full at 3-2 and two now to the Duke. have won three of their last four games, taking the last one from Pittsburgh, the first one from the San Francisco Giants, losing the second game of the San Francisco Giants in ten innings and winning last night over these Dodgers by a score of six to three. After hit continues after the game with music on WABC AM and FM New York. Temperature 78 degrees. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kinder at the polo grounds. John Roseborough, left-hand batter, steps into the batter's box. Runners lead at first and second. Roger Craig checks him, and here's the pitch. It's outside for ball one. One man out here for the Dodgers. from Choo Choo Coleman. Check off at second, and he's back safely. As again, Charlie Neal came in behind Ron Fairley, who dives back in to make the catch. Ball one count to Roseboro. Swung on it to ground ball to first base. Taken by Myers Thornberry. He makes the play unassisted. Runners advancing. Fairly to third. And Snyder to second. There are two men out now. And pitcher Stan Williams will be coming up. Big Stan. Comes out of the dugout. Stops to get a bat from Maury Wills, who is already out there on deck. Stan's been up 53 times this season. as five base hits. Driven in three runs. Right now, he's set to work, working straight away, and Tries a slider in there for a tall strike. Williams captured Spike. Back in. Dan Williams was born in Enfield, New Hampshire. 
Breaking ball in there for a call, strike two. Craig has two quick strikes on the Dodger pitcher. Ron Fairley, the base runner at third, and Duke Snyder, the base runner at second. Dan Williams will try to waiting back out of the batter's box. Now comes back in. here across from right toward left field. Two strike pitches low and away. Ball one. Here's the one and two pitch. Breaking ball, one out of this for strike three. Second out three, tie the side. The first strikeout, Roger Craig, he had Stan Williams chasing one. And so in the top half of the second, the Dodgers got no runs on one hit. Now we know there's two men left, and at the end of an inning and a half, the score is the Dodgers nothing, and the Mets nothing. You know, they say a rose by any other name would smell as sweet. That may be true, but this I know to be true. A beer by any other name but Rheingold just won't taste as good. And it's really very simple. Two words tell you why. Extra dry. Yes, Rheingold's way of brewing is long, slow, and costly, but it pays off in taste. Rheingold's flavor comes through brisk and bright and clean. That's what makes Rheingold New York's largest selling beer. The happy choice of millions. So look. Why not enjoy the extra refreshment that comes with wonderful Rheingold beer? Join the millions who say, My beer is Rheingold, the dry beer. And do it right now. Enjoy a glass of Rheingold along with the game. Now leading off for the Mets in the bottom of the second, Marv Thornberry. I've had a home run last night, and in addition, he put on quite a fielding display. In the top half of the ninth inning, he handled all three plays. Two of them were ground balls that he played to pitcher Jay Hook covering. And the final one was a line shot that he dived to his right for and gloved in the webbing by the outset into the ball game. So here is Thornberry at the plate. Dan Williams looks in for a sign. Has it to wind up. And the pitch is in there for a call strike. Dan Williams is set to work. That pitch is high. It's one and one to the Mets first baseman. Marv has a season's batting average now of 246. With 14 home runs and 39 runs batted in. Swinging a high pop towards third base, Tommy Davis. 
is there, and Stan Williams is there. Williams calls and makes the catch himself. Williams had called Davis, and Davis was sort of creeping up on it with the sunglasses down, and so Stan Williams, seeing that uh, there's going to be trouble, called himself, waved everybody away, and took it. That brings up Choo Choo Coleman. Choo Choo had a home run last night. He's become quite a favorite here at Polo Ground. He's hitting 242, and he has five home runs since being recalled from Syracuse. Fast is dragged by the Joseph strike one. Juju's been up officially only 66 times and has five home runs in that time. on the mound, starts a long, fluid windup, and then breaks it off on some pitches. Seems well on a knee now, with his gloved hand on his knee to get a sign. Here's the long windup. Here's a pitch swung on and missed. It's one and two. They are now three behind the Dodgers. So the Reds have been making up ground on ball clubs that generally have been winning, meaning the Dodgers and the Giants. Pitch to the right-hand batter. Low bounces in there, taken on a short hop by John Rose for a ball one. Even as late as August 9th, the Reds were only, they were 10 games off the pace. They won 17 of their last 20 games. There is a pitch high for ball two. And Cincinnati Reds will be here at the Polo Grounds on the night of September 14th, the afternoon of September 15th, and the afternoon of September 16th. That's the weekend, Friday night, Saturday afternoon, Sunday afternoon. Here's a 2-0 pitch. Swinging a ground ball, a shortstop. Taken on a high hop by Maury Will. Throws to Farrelly at first in time. Keneal is grounded out the side, retired in order by Stan Williams, and the bottom of the second is the Mets got no runs on, no hits, no errors, and none left. The end of two full innings of play, the score is the Dodgers nothing, and the Mets nothing. 
Well, you'll have your last chance of this season tomorrow afternoon to see Murray Wills, Tommy Davis, Ryan Fairley, Willie Davis and company in action here at the Polo Ground. Game time is 2 p.m., the final appearance of the Dodgers at the Polo Grounds this season. They're on top in the National League. Of course, as long as they're on top, they're favorites to win the National League pennant and appear in the World Series. So if you want to get a preview of your own, come on out tomorrow afternoon. Good seats are available. Now let's take a look at scores of other games. In the National League at Chicago, the Braves schedule against the Cubs held up because of rain. Tonight, the San Francisco Giants go against the Phillies in Philadelphia. This afternoon, the Houston Colts 45s are at Cincinnati. It's going to be Dick Farrell going for Houston against Joey Jay, who will be trying for his 20th victory of the season today. Bob Perkey got his 20th last night. And the Pittsburgh Pirates are at St. Louis. It'll be Bob Friend going against Larry Jackson. In the American League, the Yankees are playing a day-night doubleheader in Baltimore. At the end of two innings of play, it's the Yankees 3, the Orioles nothing. Jim Coates against Dick Hall. At the end of two innings, Cleveland 1, Boston nothing. Schwal against Flatman. Kansas City is at Minnesota for a day game. Rocco against Stigman. Del Becco has homered now in the first inning with nobody on for the Athletics. Washington at Detroit held up because of rain. Hamilton against Coplett. And the Chicago White Sox is scheduled against the Los Angeles Angels in Los Angeles. In case you missed that score out there last night, the White Sox defeated the Angels by a score of 7-1. to one. So the Yankees have a four-and-a-half game lead over the second-place Los Angeles Angels. As we go to the top of the third, coming in here right now, is Ralph Kiner. Okay, let's see. It's Maury Will. The minute little shortstop for the Los Angeles Dodgers with 69 stolen bases. And it takes a curve from Roger Craig for strike one. Maury Will's on my pregame show was asked by one of the youngsters here how you can stop him when he steals a base. And he said the best way is to keep him from getting on. There's a strike, and it's one ball, one strike. Maury Wills with 69, second to Bob Besher in the history of the National League in total bases stolen in one year. Besher stole 70 and then later on stole a total of 80 for the all-time high in the National League. There's a strike called as Craig comes back with a fastball. One ball, two strikes. Years ago, they had a pitcher named Sam, a player named Sam Jethro, who was quite a base dealer, and they stopped him by walking the pitcher ahead of him. He was the leadoff man. There's a base hit. Oh, no, it isn't. Not Steele up with it, but he throws it away. Royals now going down to second base on the air. Tough chance for Rod Caniel. He moved over deep to his right, took the ball behind second base, came up with it. He had to hurry his throw, and he threw it away. And we'll wait and see how they score. Could go one and one, a base hit in and there. And it is one and one. Boy Wills picking up his first hit of the game. That is hit number three, and the error by Rod Caneo on the throw, allowing him to get the second base, the first of the game for the men. So with no one out, the batter is Junior Gilliam. Left hand batting second baseman. He along with Maury Wills, the switch hitter. Batting from the left-hand side against Roger Craig. And Craig with his first pitch outside, ball one. Roger Craig has given up three base hits, allowed no runs. 
through two innings. Now he misses again for ball two to Junior Gilliam. On deck batter, Willie Davis. Mets have won two games from the Dodgers this year. One here at the Polo Grounds last night and one out at Dodgers Stadium. Both won by Jay Hook. Two and all. Roger Craig spins, throws to second base, but Charlie Neal, worried about catching the ball, had no chance to make the tag. Will diving back in safely. Wills might have gotten spiked in that play as Charlie Neal came over to make the catch. One thing about being a base stealer, it's a lot of work. And you take a lot of chances of injury. Broken legs, jammed hands, sore knees, strawberries. It's not an easy job. Wills has stolen 69 and 78 attempts, nine in his last eight games. Still 2-0, Roger Craig back to Gilliam with a curveball for strike one. Two balls and one strike. No score, top of the third. Tomorrow in the final game of the season between the Mets and the Los Angeles Dodgers, Pete Rickard with a 2-3 and three record going against Craig Anderson, who has won three and lost 13 for the year. Rickard making his first stop, start against the Mets. Again, a throw to second. This time, Wills dies back in a little sooner. only 12 more to set an all-time record for stolen bases in the National League. There's a pitch back to Gilliam. It's outside. Ball three. Roger Craig comes off the pitching rubber to question the umpire, Mel Steiner. He wants to know where it was. Three balls and one strike. On deck batter, Willie Davis. No one out. Top of the third. No score. Now Rogers set and back to work, and it's a curve that's over for strike two. So Craig now has worked the count all the way out at three and two, and Gilliam asks the umpire to take a look at the ball. Mel Steiner looking and keeping the ball in play. Roger Craig with all the boys in the world on the mound, nothing bothers him. Taking plenty of time working here in the third. He is 0-3 against the Dodgers this year with three starts, losing two tough games. There's a curve, hit the center field. Hickman moving over to his left, now comes in quickly. Ashburn cuts across, he can't get to it, it drops in. Will's going to third base, holds there, and the throw goes to Rod Keneal, he runs it on in. So now the Dodgers with runners at first and third, and that ball not hit hard enough for anyone to get to it. Hickman came in, the wind blowing in from right field, holding the ball up, and Hickman couldn't get to it. At the last minute, Richie Ashford made a try, and he couldn't get there. They sit now, runners at first and third and no one out, and the batter is Willie Davis. Wills had to hold to see whether or not the ball would be caught, so he could only go to third base. Davis batting 302, left hand batting 
center fielder waiting for the first pitch, and he gets it. It's low for ball one. Roger Craig taking a little bit off the fastball. One ball, no strike. Well, he bounced the second base his first time up, and he takes outside for ball two. Two and zero to Willie Davis on deck. Batter Tommy Davis. They are not related. Now Craig with a throw to first base, but Gilliam back ahead of the tag. 2-0 pitch to Willie, full foul, high fly ball that goes on the roof, but foul by about 50 feet. Strike one. Willie Davis, second in the major leagues in stolen bases with 29. The 2-1 pitch to the left-hand batter. Hits the right center field. Moving over Ashburn. He is there. And he makes the catch and scoring easily with no play from third base. Corey Wills. And the Dodgers take the lead. 1-0. Holding at first base, Jim Gilliam. And it brings up Tommy Davis. batted in on the sacrifice fly for Willie Davis, his 75th of the year. And now Tommy Davis, who leads the major leagues and runs batted in, in the batter's box. And the first pitch to him is low for ball one. Tommy with 122. And he is second in the National League batting race, hitting 341. Second to Frank Robinson, who's hitting 344. Go to first base, Gilliam back. Again a throw over there. No tag by Throneberry. Now Craig with a stretch, a look at first, and over to first. And again, three times, Gilliam back in time. Fits to Tommy Davis. A curve breaking on the outside corner. Strike one. One ball, one strike. One man out. The score, one nothing Dodgers. Top of the third. Break back to Tommy Davis. A bouncy ball hit down to the mound. Picked up by Craig. The throw to second base in time. The first base not in time. the double play as Tommy Davis, a fast man, beats the throw back to first base after the force of second by Justin Eyelash. Two out now on the batter, Ron Fairley. And the first pitch to Ron, a left-handed batter, is swung on a miss for strike one. On the force play, it went from the pitcher Roger Craig to Rod Keneal, one to four. 
Barely his first time up double to left center field. He was left at third. Batting 302. 13 home runs, 58 runs batted in. Throw to first base, Tommy Davis back. one nothing game, Dodgers lead, top of the third. This time, uh, play catch with your boy in the backyard throw to first base. It's a little off throw. Now a quick throw to first. Tommy Davis with a short lead, getting back ahead of the tag. Tommy Davis can run on the bases. He has had good experience at first, going to second. A throw to first again, and Davis back. One time in his career, he stole 68 bases playing for Kokomo back in 1957 to lead the league. Last year, he had 10. This time, he got him going the wrong way. He is out.
as Williams goes back to work. And the next pitch, a slow curveball that bounces into dirt, goes on by Roseboro. Ball two. Hickman leading off, bottom half of the third. Lindsey Nelson just talked with Leo DeRocher at the hotel, and Leo said he's feeling fine and will be out here at the ballpark tomorrow. Oh, I'm glad to hear that. 2-2 pitch. Fastball, full foul. Solly Hemus gives it the bullfighter's treatment, waves it on by, and the count stays at two balls and two strikes. Throwing the rubber, reading the signs into the windup. And back to the plate with a fastball that's outside, a full count now, three and two. Williams throws the fastball right off the top. He's as overhand as you can get. This is his 30th game, a 22nd start. He's won one and lost none against the Mets. Here in two games. Lifetime with a record of 55 wins and 42 losses. And now the 3 2 pitch. Fastball inside. And that gives Hickman first base free. We'll take the time to pause for station identification. Ralph Geiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from the polo ground. The Dodgers leading one to nothing as the Mets bat in the bottom half of the third. And now the Mets with a runner at first base. And Roger Craig coming up. Roger batting 0-51. Bats on the right-hand side. Taking time to talk to Mel Steiner and John Roseboro as he moves up to take a look at the signs from Solly Heman. Tommy Davis at third base already in about six steps in front of the bag looking for the punt. Time run at first base. The on-deck batter Richie Ashford. And the first pitch to Roger, a fastball that's through for strike one. Roger was not bunning. Davis now at third looking at Salahemus, trying to decipher the signs, also taking a look in at Walt Olsen. I don't think he wants to be in that close. Now Williams had a look at first and a throw there. Hickman back in time. Williams again in the stretch position. And back to Craig, and Craig takes inside just off the inside part of the plate for ball one. This time, Craig was squared around two bunts. One ball, one strike. And Ron Fairley now coming over to get some rosin from the rosin bag at the pitcher's mound. now back to first base to guard against Jim Hickman and Roger Craig back to the batter's box after a discussion with Sally Heman. One ball, one strike. No one out. Top of the bottom half of the third. One nothing game in favor of the Dodgers. Hickman goes. The pitch is bunted foul. So Jim running on the pitch comes back to first base. The count goes to one and two. Mets now with three wins in the last four times out. 
playing fine baseball against the San Francisco Giants and the Los Angeles Dodgers. And previous to this, the other contender, Cincinnati, lost a five-game series to the Mets here in the polo ground. Mets winning three while losing two, and they could have won even more. They've been tough on the contenders. Actually tough on a lot of clubs. They have been in 47 one-run games. Now throw to first base, chasing Hickman back. He gets in safely. Count one and two on Roger Craig. Davis still looking for a possible bunt. And the pitch is a curveball, bunted through for strike three. Roger Craig called out. And the strikeout is number two for Stan Williams. One man out, the batter, Richie Ashford. Richie bounced the second his first time up. Salahim is now talking to Richie about 40 feet in from the third base coaching line. Richie hitting 309. Seven home runs and 28 runs batted in. Goal one to nothing in favor of L.A. Bottom half of the third, one man out. Milwaukee at Chicago in the day game. And Warren Spahn going for 323. The all-time record for a left-handed pitcher held by Gettysburg Eddie Plank. 324. Spahn will be opposed by Don Cartwell. Throw to first base, but Hickman back. Speaking of slow pitchers, Eddie Plank was the first of the slowest pitchers. There's a swing of foul tip. Hickman holds it for a strike one on Richie Ashford. Blank has more shutouts to his credit as a pitcher than any pitcher in the history of baseball that pitched from the left-hand side. He won a total of 324 games and 21 of them as a member of the Federal League back in 1915. There's a fastball that's high for ball one. One ball, one strike. Ashburn, a long look at Sally Hemis. On deck batter, Charlie Neal. Now Williams back to the plate. Fastball line to right field. It's going to be off of the wall. It is a single. Ashburn has to hold at first base, but going over to third is Jing Hicklin. That was a line shot off the top of the wall right down the line. About a foot higher than it's been a home run. Ball is hit so hard that the right fielder took Snyder fielding the ball before Ashburn had got to first base. That moves runners along to third base. Richie at first base. Moves a runner to third base. And it brings up Charlie Neal. Neal right-hand batting shortstop. Over one in the game. He bounced to short. Infield being left back at short and second base. 
Tommy Davis, even with the bag at third. And of course, barely holding Ashford on at first base. Smith with a chance to tie it up. One man out. And a throw to first base moves Ashford back. Hill batting 248, 11 home runs and 45 runs batted in. He's looking for his first hit in the series, 0 for 5. And the first pitch is a fastball high for ball one. One ball, no strike. One nothing game, Dodgers. Now Tommy Davis being moved back at third. He's about five steps in back of the baseline between second and third. Hickman at third base runs well. He's not exceptionally fast, but is good and fast. Also, a pretty good runner at first. And the pitch back to Neal. A bouncy ball hit down the floor. Corey whirls up and throws the second in time. The first base not in time. The ball game is all tied up as Hickford scores on the play. One to one now. Fine chance of a double play by Gilliam on the pivot, but Donnie Neal hit the ball slow enough to allow him to beat the throw. And now the batter, Felix Mantilla. Felix lost his first time. I think hitting 281. Right hand batting third baseman. Two men out. And the pitch to Felix bounce fouled on the third base side. Taken by Tommy Davis. Strike one. And John Rosewell out to talk to Stan Williams on the mound. Fittings two hits last night and four trips to the plate. Now waiting for Williams' next delivery. And a throw to first base intervenes. Back in time. Neal at the first base running position. Here's the one strike pitch. A slow curve that's too low. Ball one. One ball, one strike. Dodgers one run and four hits. The Mets have one run and one hit. RBI for Charlie Neal is 46th of the year. Williams back to work. And it's a curveball that's outside. Ball two. Two balls and one strike. Williams working with four days rest. His last out was August 20th. He went seven innings, holding the Reds to two runs and five hits. He went out of the game leading 3-2, and the Reds won it as they scored four big ones in the 10th win the game 7-3. Frank Robinson's grand slam home run. There's the ball hit the right field. Here it goes, strike two. Two balls and two strikes. Two and two with two out. Dodgers one, Mets one. Bottom of the third. Williams with the 
position goes to first base, and he'll get back ahead of the tag. Now holding the two and two. Pitch back to Mantia, fastball high, and a full count now as Mantia works the count all the way down the line. That'll mean Johnny Neal at first base will be going on the pitch. On deck batter, Frank Donovan. Williams leaning over to read the signs from John Roseboro. Now set. And the 3-2 pitch, a fastball at full foul. So Charlie Neal will return to first base. We're going to hold again at three balls and two strikes. Other games in the National League, San Francisco scheduled at Philadelphia in the night game. Houston and Cincinnati underway, no score at the end of one. Farrell against Jay, Jay looking for his 20th. Pittsburgh nothing, St. Louis nothing at the end of one. Friend against Jackson. Neal goes again, and again, Mantia fouls it away. In a game that was not on the original schedule, but brought about because of the rained-out game, the Pirates will play the St. Louis Cardinals. The American League, the Yankees three, Baltimore nothing at the end of two and a half. Colts against Hall, Boston five, Cleveland three at the end of three. Ball against Lapman, Minnesota two, Kansas City one at the end of one. Rocco against Sigmund. There's a ball hit down the third. Tommy Davis comes in, goes over to first base in time to retire the side. In the inning, though, the Mets tied up with one run on one base hit. There was one walk and one man left on. And the score at the end of three innings of play, the Dodgers won, the Mets won. Well, don't forget, there'll be plenty of games left here in the Polo Grounds before the end of the season. Three of them. A big series with the Cincinnati Reds. The Reds currently only three games out. They have won 17 of their last 20, 31 of 39. And incidentally, of those eight losses, three of them coming at the hands of the Mets. The Mets stand three and three against the Reds here in the Polo Grounds. They will be coming in here for a night game on September 15th, a day game on the 16th Saturday, Ladies' Day too. And on the 17th for a single game and the final game of the year between the two clubs on Sunday. Very, very likely that those three games will have a lot to do determining whether or not Cincinnati will win the National League pennant. They have their hands full because the Dodgers lead by two and a half, San Francisco in second place. Reds three games back. Well, I bet plenty of you fans are taking this opportunity to check your supply of cool, refreshing Rheingold Extra Drive. Yes, sir. Rheingold is beer as beer should taste. And dry tells you why. Keep plenty of cold Rheingold on hand for every Mets game. Third of the game in now at the top of the fourth. And the first batter up for the Dodgers will be Ron Fairley. He doubled the left center field. His First time up, he was left at the plate when Roger Craig picked Tommy Davis off first. Then he gets another chance, and the first pitch is outside, ball one. Ron batting 302. Left hand batting, first baseman. Craig back with a slider that's popped 
down in the dirt. Foul ball. One ball, one strike. Rogers so far has given up one run on four hits. He has struck out one and walked one. His last two outings were in relief. One time he picked up his 20th loss. He worked a third of an inning. The other time he worked one inning, gave up one hit, and got the side out after a double play. There's a swing and a miss for strike two. In the one inning, he got the side out. It preserved a win for Ken McKenzie and gave Roger a save. Mets won that game 5-4 to four against San Francisco. There's a pitch inside that turns fairly away from the plate. After fairly, it'll be Frank Howard and Duke Snyder. Craig back into the windup and delivers. A curveball swung on and missed, but... Tick now indicated by the umpire Mel Steiner. A foul ball, and the ball goes down in the dirt, gets away from Coleman, so barely, just barely stays alive. Craig back to the left-hand batter with a fastball that's fouled off the mask of Chuchu Coleman. Dodgers have some real bumpers in their lineup. Davis at 302, Tommy Davis at 341, Ron Fairley at 302, Frank Howard at 304. Right through the heart. Craig shakes off the first time, takes the next, and comes back. With a curveball, it's pulled down the right field side, but foul. Going on top of the roof, a long strike. So they can't hold. now time to get some rosin it was stuck under the foot of Frank Howard he couldn't find it at first he's in the on deck circle two balls and two strikes on the board no one out it's the top of the fourth inning 1-1 one, one game Mets won the first game of this three-game series by a score of 6-3 to three, as Jay Hook picked up his eighth victory of the year. And he beat a good one, Don Drysdale. Drysdale now with a record of 22 wins and seven losses. Last night, Bob Perky won his 20th game of the year. He has lost only four. And he is the winningest pitcher in the major leagues as far as percentage is concerned. 20 and four. Now Roger Craig looking for the sign to get back in action. And the 2-2 pitch is outside for ball three. Craig normally works pretty fast right now here today he's taking plenty of time working against his former teammates and the pitch back to fairly driven long gone it's over the wall for a home run
Fairley with his 14th home run of the year, giving the Dodgers the lead again, 2-1. And the home run hit off of Craig. Number 26. Make it 27 on the air. Now he's pitching to Frank Howard. And Howard squares around the zone to beat out a bunt. Phoenix Mantia deep. And the pitch is high inside. Goes off the glove of the catcher. Howard had to get out of the way in a hurry. Ball one. Fairley's really had a field day here in the Polo Grounds. He's going to be sorry to see the Mets leave. That's number five for him in the Polo Grounds this year. There's a fun attempt, and again, Mantia deep at third. Look, Howard missing for strike one. One ball, one strike. Oh, you got to play this fellow deep. He is so strong. Batting at 304. He flat out to right field his first time up. A curveball, full foul. One ball, two strikes. Howard has 22 home runs and 90 runs batted in for the year. No one out. On deck, Duke Snyder. 2-1 in favor of the Dodgers. Top of the fourth. Break back to the right-hand batter. And there's a one-hand base hit into left field. Howard reaching out for the curveball, had to let go with his top hand and still had enough on the bat with one hand to line the ball between third and short for a base hit. Hit number six off Roger Craig, it brings up Duke Snyder. Duke walked his first time up, batting a 273, left hand batting right fielder. And the first pitch to the Duke is low for ball one. Fastball below the knee. Howard at first base towers over Mark Thromberry. He's a giant, six foot seven. 250 pounds. Pitch back to Duke outside. Two balls and no strikes to throw to first base. Chases Howard back to throw from the catcher. Dodgers two runs on six hits. The Mets one run and one hit. And Snyder gets a curveball. That's called strike one. Two balls and one strike. Fastball this time called strike two. So Craig has now picked the count up to two and two. No one out, top of the fourth. Outfield pulled around. Lane sided to pull. Infield set for the double play. Howard at first base. And the next pitch is a fastball. Swung on and missed strike three. Roger Craig musting up a good fastball up around the letters. For a second strikeout in the game, and it brings up John Roseborough with one man out. Oh, 
John bounced the first his first time up, batting from the left-hand side. And he swings to the bat, sails out of his hand, over, up against the screen that protects the lower box seat. And the ball's thrown away. Mark Camille now going out the right field corner, going all the way to third base on the overthrow by Chuchu Goldman. It's Frank Howard. heard on the throw of bat except the Mets as Howard goes all the way to third when Chuchu Coleman tried to pick Howard off first base. Air goes to the catcher Coleman. And now the Dodgers have a runner at third base with one out and a one strike count of Roseboro. Roseboro now changing bats. He has one now with tape on the handle. The infield pulled in now against the runner at third. And the next pitch by Craig Lowell, ball one. One ball, one strike. into the windup and delivers to Roseboro. Fastball in on the inside corner. Strike two. Don't watch it now. One and two against the left-hand batter. On deck batter, the pitcher, Stan Williams. Craig back to Roseboro. Low and it's ball two. Two balls and two strikes. Another fine crowd on hand here today. Roger into the windup, and the curveball is over. Strike three. John Whirlpool caught looking at a good curveball for out number two, and it brings up Sam Williams. And a strikeout number three for Roger Craig, two in a row in this inning. After the home run by Ron Fairley, the single by Frank Howard. Howard going to third base on an error by the catcher. So the infield now can move back with two men out as Sam Williams, a right-hand batter, comes up to hit. Sam was the other strikeout victim of Roger Craig in the second inning. Struck out on a curveball. He's batting 0-94. And the first pitch is a curve that is swung on and missed for strike one. Dodgers two, Mets one, top of the fourth inning. Greg back to work. And this curveball is swung on a miss, strike two. Two-strike count to Sam Williams. Frank Howard at third base. And the two-strike pitch. Slider that's outside for ball one. One ball, two strikes. 
Outfield fanned out straight away. And fairly deep against the big fella. Now the one-two pitch. A side on curveball, strike three. And Roger Craig strikes out the side. In the inning for the Dodgers, one run, a home run by Ron Fairley, the only hit, one error, and one man left on, and three strikeouts to Roger Craig. And the score at the end, uh, three and one-half innings to play. The Dodgers two, the Mets one. Well, have you seen Beverly, Brew, Carol, Loretta, Eileen, and Chris, the six lovely candidates for Miss Rheingold 1963? Well, here's your chance to meet them in person and find out what's new in the fashion world for the coming fall season. Next week, the six Miss Rheingold candidates will be the models in Macy's and Bamberger's annual fall fashion shows. There'll be a fall fashion show near you all of next week. And here's the schedule. Monday, August 27th, there'll be two shows at Macy's Herald Square show store. That's at 12.30 and 6.15. Tuesday, August 28th, Macy's White Plains, at 11 a.m., and Macy's Roosevelt Field at 8 p.m., and Wednesday, August 29th, there will be three shows, Bamberger's Newark at 12 noon, Bamberger's Paramus at 3.30 p.m., and Bamberger's Menlo Park at 7.30 p.m. So be sure to take in Beverly, Prue, Carol, Loretta, Eileen, and Chris, and all the lovely fall fashions. And now, while we get ready to go to the bottom half of the fourth, we'll pause for station identification. Time 329. Drive home from the game with music from WABC New York. Temperature 75 degrees. Ralph Kiner along with Lindsey Nelson and Bob Murphy from the polo ground. Bottom half of the fourth inning. The Dodgers leading by a score of 2-1 to one, and Frank Thomas leading off against Sam Williams. That will be Thomas, Thromberry, and Coleman against the right-handers. And Frank, 0-for-1 in the game. Right-hand batting left fielder. And the first pitch by Williams. An overhand fastball that's a little below the knees for ball one. One ball, no strike. Williams now through three innings has given up only one hit. Allowed one run. He struck out two and walked two. Six foot four in the mound. And back to Thomas with a fastball that is one on a miss for strike one. One ball, one strike. Frank one for five in this series with 29 home runs in the year. 80 runs batted in. Right, sunshiny day at the polo ground. When he was back with a fastball, hit off the end of the bat down to the shortstop, Maury Wells. He comes up with the ball and throws him out by about five steps. Broken bat for Frank Thomas. And one man out for Sam Williams. Now coming up, Marv Thronberry. Marv did a major league pop-up to the pitcher's mound his first time up. Everybody gathered, and at the last moment, Sam Williams had to make the catch. Marvin in 246. Home run last night. And he takes the fastball off the plate for ball one. Left hand batting first baseman. And a new ball put in play. That one looking mighty dirty. Wonder how a ball can get that dirty. 
Next pitch, a curveball. Bounced in the dirt for ball two. Well, there are many ways to get it that dirty, but not all legal. Two-old count tomorrow. On deck batter, Choo-Choo Coleman. Williams back to work. A swing and a foul tip. Strike one. Two balls and one strike. Last night, Thronberry, Coleman, and Canillo contributed home runs against the Dodgers. Mets have 121 home runs for the year. Dodgers have a total of 116. Next pitch to Thronberry, low ball three. The difference in the home run total can be attributed to the difference in the size of the ballparks that these two teams play in. Dodger Stadium, a very tough park for home runs. Of course, the Polo Grounds is not. 3-1 count. And Williams back to Thronberry with a fastball that's fouled away. So Williams now even with Thronberry at 3-2. and two. out, bottom half of the fourth, 2-1 game, Dodgers lead. The wind-up and delivery to Thronberry, hit deep to center field, going back is Willie Davis, he turns and he makes the catch. Well hit ball by Mars Thronberry, about 420 feet to straightaway center field, but Williams with a quick jump. Should say Davis with a quick jump, turned around, got back there and had plenty of time to make the catch. Two men out and Choo Coleman in. Choo struck out swinging on a breaking pitch his first time up. Batting 242. Inside, ball one to Coleman, left hand batting catcher. Tommy Davis, defense right on top of the left hand batter, about 65 feet away. Tommy playing at third base. And the curveball back to Coleman, fouled down in the dirt, strike one. One ball, one strike. One ball, one strike. As Williams returns to the plate with a curve, again fouled away. Out in front by considerable way, Choo-Choo Coleman. One ball, two strikes now. Williams with a record of 12 wins and 8 losses looking for the time from John Roseboro. And the curve again hit off the end of the bat off of Williams' chin going over by the third base foul line and Coleman is safe at first base. It scored an error on the pitcher. That was a bouncy ball hit to the right of the mound. Williams charged off the mound and in getting to the ball he got his 
leg in front of it and kicked the ball, actually with his shin or leg, all the way across the third baseline in the foul territory. No chance for play at first. The Mets now with two outs. Have a base runner at first base and Rod Canillo batting. Rod batting from the right-hand side. 0 for 1 in the game. He bounces to short. Williams down into the stretch position with a runner on. And his first pitch to Canillo hit off the end of the bat over first base. It'll be a base hit. It could go for two. Going to third base, Juju Coleman. Canillo goes to second. The throw comes into home. Cut off by Ron Fairley and holding the third base, Juju Coleman. So Rod Canillo with two out, a runner at first base. Gizzle went off the end of his bat over the top of the first baseman and he picked up a double. And now batting Jim Hickman. Second hit off Stan Williams, the first picked up by Richie Ashburn in the third inning. And now the Mets have the time run at third base and the go-ahead run at second with the right-hand batting center fielder Jim Hickman coming up. They're going to put him on and they'll be pitching to Roger Craig. Here's the first pitch, ball one. Two times. 
game has been on base four times as a result of a walk and actually officially only 0 for 1 in the series. Now time is in. Bases loaded, two out. One strike count on Roger Gray. Score two to one Dodgers. And Williams now taking off the first line given by John Roseborough. He takes a stretch position with two outs. And comes back to Craig with a fastball and strike two. Now Maury Wills comes in to talk to Sam Williams. Williams will probably go to the windup now with a two-strike count and the threat of the butt-off. Not necessarily so he could bunt, but the percentage has changed considerably. He's taking the sign as though he's going to go into the stretch position. And he does. So we're wrong. And the curveball hit on the ground. Maury Wills, though. He comes up with it, throws to Gilliam, covering at second base for the force play. That ball was hit right through the box. Williams made a stab for it, couldn't get it, but Wills came over quickly. The ball was not hit hard, and he made the play for the force out to retire the side. In the inning for the Mets, no runs on one hit. There was one error, a walk, and three men left on. And the score at the end of four. The Dodgers, two, the Mets, one. And now here is Lindsay to tell you all about tomorrow and also give you the score. All right, well, tomorrow afternoon, the Los Angeles Dodgers will be right back here for their final appearance of the season, and game time is 2 p.m. Plenty of good seats available for tomorrow's game between the Dodgers and their Mets, their final meeting. Generally, right now, Sammy Taylor is out taking the warm-up tosses of Roger Craig. Taylor now back on the active list of the New York Mets and uh, in action out there for the first time in about a month. Now let's take a look at scores of other games all around the major leagues. First in the National League. The end of two innings of play, the Milwaukee Braves nothing, Chicago Cubs nothing. Warren Spahn going from Milwaukee, trying for his 323rd career victory against Don Cardwell of the Cubs. Tonight, the San Francisco Giants meet the Philadelphia Phils in Philadelphia. The end of three innings of play is the Houston Colts, 45 nothing, the Cincinnati Reds nothing, Dick Farrell against Joey Jay. Jay is trying for his 20th victory of the season. Pittsburgh and St. Louis at the end of three and a half, nothing, nothing. Bob Friend against Larry Jackson. That is the first game of a day-night doubleheader. The American League, a day-night doubleheader between the Yanks and the Baltimore Orioles. At the end of five and a half innings of play, it is the Yankees four and the Orioles nothing. Coach against Hall. The end of five innings of play, the Boston Red Sox five, the Cleveland Indians three. At the end of three innings of play, it's the Minnesota Twins two, the Kansas City A's one. The end of three, uh, two and a half innings, it's the Washington Senators five, Detroit Tigers nothing, and the Chicago White Sox play the Los Angeles Angels in a later start in Los Angeles. Switch hitter Murray Wills is at the plate. Here's Craig Spitz, swung on and foul on the ground out of play. It's a strike one count. To the leadoff man of the Los Angeles Dodgers. Grounded out in the first inning. It's on the single in the third. And later scored a run. Here's the pitch high. One ball and one strike. Top half of the fifth inning with the Dodgers leading by a score of two to one. Here's a pitch swung on a ground ball foul. Backhanded by Felix Mantia, but it is out of play. Mantia took it right in front. 
Uh, Pete Reeser coaching at third base for the Dodgers. Off and running with little Maury Wills, who comes all the way back now to pick up the bat. Maury Wills is the man who made himself into a switch hitter. In order to take advantage of his speed, he was a right-hand batter altogether. Here is a one-two pitch to Wills. Swung on and lined on the right field line. In there for a base hit off the wall. Taken by Ashburn up with it and holds into a single. So the Dodgers open up here in the top half of the fifth inning as Wills gets a single out Greg, and that will bring up switch hitting Jim Gilliam. And up Bryson has two base hits in this ball game. Davis to the on-deck circle. Gilliam with a wide stance. Here's a throw. But Craig has one pickoff this afternoon. He picked Tommy Davis off in the top half of the third inning, and that was his 12th pickoff of this season. Here's another throw over, and it's not in time. Mario Wills was picked off once earlier this season by Roger Craig. as Gilliam moved up to throw the bunt, throw down to first base, not in time. Maury Wills with 69 stolen bases, leads the major leagues in that department. Dangerous any time he is on base. Stolen nine bases in the last eight games. His total of 69 is the third best in modern National League history. Here's a throw over. He's stopped only by Bob Fesher, who at Cincinnati in 1911 stole 80 bases. That's the National League record. And Fesher in 1910 stole 70 bases. Another throw over. The last major league player to steal 70 bases in the season was Ty Cobb in 1915. He stole 96. That's the major league record. Here's a throw over. has been thrown out only nine times this entire season. There's a pitch low. That's a fantastic accomplishment when you compare it with Ty Cobb's record in 1915. Cobb stole 96 records, but he was caught stealing. He stole 96 bases, but he was caught stealing 38 times. Wills has stolen 69 and has been caught only nine times. back safely once again. Go over. Will thinks that he has a very excellent chance of breaking the National League record of 80 stolen bases. Another throw over by Craig. Dodgers like to play a lot of hit and run with Gilliam and Wills. Gilliam's a fine bat manipulator at the plate. Count to him 2-0. and Manager's delight in a situation like this. Here's a throw over. He dives back in safely. Goes over again. Will dives back in. 
That's the Vargas. The umpire first calls time. He gets the back straightened out. Now we're ready once again. Here's a throw over. Dives back in safely. A closer play that time. The Dodgers are leading in this ball game by a score of 2-1. to one. Time is called as Mara Thornberry comes over to get the rubber ball and throw it off. Jim Gilliam in. Two balls and no strikes to count to him. Go over and it's not in time. Pitch is swung on us, the ground ball going through the hole in the left field for a base hit. Wills is on his way to third. Thomas up with it, relays it in, runners at first and third. On the left hand by the shortstop, Charlie Neal was on his way over to cover, and Jim Gillian hit the ball right through where shortstop Charlie Neal had left from. That allowed Murray Wills to go all the way to third, and so the Dodgers open up with back to back base hits here. In the top of the fifth with nobody out, left-hand batter Willie Davis will be coming up. Davis is grounded out and had a sacrifice by the right to drive in a run. Craig into the set position now, and here's the pitch. Swung on and tipped off. It's strike one.
going up and into the stretch. The pitch is outside for ball. So it's a full count, three and two to Willie Davis.
Right down the line and left, and into the upper deck. The Dodgers four, the Mets one. Ron Fairley at the plate. He has doubled and homered in the ballgame today. Roger Craig winds and fires. Pitches high to Fairley. It's ball one. Ron Fairley backs out of the batter's box. Now comes in. Breaking ball is inside and low. It's two balls and no strikes. Big Frank Howard kneeling on deck. Pitch swung on it's a ground ball to second. Rod Keneal takes it, plays over to Miles Thornberry in time, and the side is retired. So in the top half of the fifth, the Dodgers got two runs on three hits. No errors and none left. And at the end of four and a half innings of play, score is the Dodgers four and the Mets one. And now a message from Rheingold Extra Dry, told completely with music.
taking, and that pitch comes in low. It's ball three. Richie had uh, actually dropped the bat down and moved back a half a step, obviously taking all the way. It's three and oh. Again, he is taking, and he walks. Fourth one given up by Williams. One of them was an intentional pass. Brings up Charlie Neal. In the last inning, when Tommy Davis got his home run, it was the 177th hit of this season for Tommy Davis, which now ties him with the record of most base hits in the season by a Los Angeles Dodger, and it ties him with the fella coming up here for the Mets, Charlie Neal, who as a Dodger in 1959 had 177 base hits. Checks Ashburn. Pitch to the plate. And Neal shortens and takes low for ball one. In Cincinnati, Leo Carton is homered for the Reds in the bottom half of the fourth inning. So at the end of four full innings of play, it is the Cincinnati Reds four. The Houston Colt 45-0. They have staked Joey Jay to a four-run lead in his quest of his 20th victory of this season. Dick Farrell is still in there for the Houston Colt 45. Here's the pitch. It's in there for a call strike to Charlie Neal. One and one. He was taking. Here's a swing and a foul ball off the end of the bat of Charlie Neal. Runs the count to one and two. Dodgers lead in this ball game by a score of four to one. That's one last night's game over the Dodgers by a score of six to three. Here's a two-two pitch to Neal, swung on, and it's a high pop foul. Back to the bag at first, Sterling gives it a run over, hoping for a play. It's in the set, and it fairly goes back to first base in order to allow our station to identify themselves. We pause now for station identification. Time, one minute past four. You get the news five minutes sooner on WABC New York. Temperature, 75. This is Lindsey Nelson with Bob Murphy and Ralph Kiner at the polo ground. Down to Charlie Neal is 2-2. William. Swung on and foul back. It's out of play. Ashburn leaves it first. And the 2-2 pitch is tight. It rocks him back in the count is And we'll bring up Felix Mantilla. Goes for his gun out to the mound for a conference. Barely has come over. 
Roebuck and Peronowski throwing in the bullpen. Double barrel action, a left-hander and a right-hander. Ed Roebuck and Ron Peronowski. Fine Saturday afternoon crowd here, and among the fans here today to watch the Mets Dodger game are 160 died-in-the-wool Mets fans from upstate New York. Radio station WGY and its sister TV station WRGB of Schenectady, New York, organized a Mets booster trip to today's game, and it didn't take long to fill four buses. Heading up this loyal group of rooters are Bill Edwardson, WGY's music man, and Herb Costa, WG. Y and WRGB sports reporter. And if I feel Edwards here in the booth with us right now, nice to have you on board, Bill. Here's the pitch to Felix Mantia, and it's inside for ball one. Mantia has walked and grounded out third to first. Ashburn is second, and Neal is first. Frank Thomas now has moved to the on-deck position. Williams into the stretch. Here's the pitch. Swung on, and it's a fly ball deep to the left. Howard is moving up against the glasses down. And big Frank and Davis cross. Davis makes the catch. Both runners tag and advance one base. Willie Davis made the catch. And Frank Howard had a little trouble getting the glasses down. The speedy Willie Davis moved over, and he simply moved in front of Frank Howard and made the catch. Frank was all set to field the ball. Davis practically took it out of his glove, and both runners tagged up and advanced. The ball was hit that deeply to left center field. So the Mets now have runners at second and third. One man out, and Frank Thomas coming up. Conference at the mound is Roseborough. Goes out. Check with Dan Williams. Big Frank Thomas is fouled out to first base and grounded out short to first this afternoon. The Dodgers lead by three runs. The Mets have two men on. Thornberry's on deck. Mel Steiner still strolls out towards the mound to try to break up the conference, and he succeeds as Roseberry comes back now to take his position behind the plate. That ball by Mancia was well hit. Both Roebuck and Peronowski continue to throw in the bullpen. For the Dodgers. Williams works for the windup. That pitch is low for a ball to Frank Thomas. Williams has struck out two and walked five in this game. But he has allowed the Mets only two base hits. A single by Ashburn in the third and a double by Keneal in the fourth. Again, he winds and fires. Pitch is low for a ball. It's 2-0. Oh. Thomas in and waiting. Williams leaning way over to look in for a sign. Has it now. Into the windup and the 2-0 pitch. 
Taken outside for ball three. Thornberry kneeling there on deck for the Mets as the count is run out to Frank Thomas. Three balls and no strike. Mets trying to get something starting in the run score department here on the bottom half of the fifth inning. Joe Becker up now and peering intently out toward the bullpen area of the Dodgers. Where Peronoski and Roebuck are throwing. Here is a 3-0 pitch to Thomas. He walks in and the bases are loaded. Thomas goes to first. Neal holds at second. Ashman holds at third. Thunder is coming up and Austin's on his way to the mound. Manager Walter Austin of the Dodgers. Heading for the mound. going to make a change. He's going to go to the left-hander. That would be Peronoski. Zion has gone to the bullpen. That is all for Stan Williams. Ron Peronoski has started to walk in now from the bullpen, located here at the Polo Grounds in left center field, the visitor's bullpen. Thus far, has worked four in a third inning, but he has given up one run and only two hits. He has struck out two and he's walked six, but the books cannot be closed because he is responsible for the three men he is leaving on base with one man out. Roanberry will be the first man faced by left-hander Ron Peronoski. We're going to get a little action uh, down in the bullpen area of the New York Mets as well. Perhaps just a couple of ball players uh, heading for the clubhouse. But there is a little action there. And that's what it is. There is no pitching uh, action in the bullpen of the Mets. A couple of ball players heading in uh, towards the clubhouse. Taking advantage of the break here. Jay Hook. And Bob Miller, right-handed Bob Miller, just walking on in towards the clubhouse for a moment. So, while Baranowski gets warmed up, we'll take a look at scores all around the major leagues. In the National League, at the end of three innings of play, the Milwaukee Braves, nothing. Chicago Cubs, nothing. Spawn against Cardwell. San Francisco Giants meet the Philadelphia Phillies tonight in Philadelphia. The end of four full innings, Cincinnati four, Houston Colt 45, nothing. Farrell against Jay. Marty Keough and Leo Cardenas have homered for the Reds. The end of four and a half. The Pittsburgh Pirates two and the St. Louis Cardinals one. That's friend against Jackson. And that is the afternoon part of a day-night doubleheader. The night game was scheduled uh, when last night's game between the Pirates and Cardinals rained out. It was just moved up to tonight. In the American League, the New York Yankees and the Baltimore Orioles are playing a day-night doubleheader. And at the end, a sixth inning to play. It's the Orioles six and the Yankees four. Baltimore got six runs in the bottom half of the sixth inning. Coach started for the Yanks, Bridges in the sixth, Arroyo in the sixth, and Hall starts the Orioles is still going. The end of five and a half innings to play, it is Boston six and the Cleveland Indians three. Schwal, Cornelius in the fourth, Raddus in the sixth, Latman for Cleveland, Schilling and Phillips Homer. 
The end of five innings. Minnesota three, Kansas City one. Rocco against Sigmund. Del Greco home at end of first. The end of four, the Washington Senators five, Detroit nothing. Hamilton for Washington. Coppett uh, with Jones in the third for Detroit. Veteran Bright home. Chicago at Los Angeles in a later start. Here's Mark Thornberry stepping into the batting box. In a high pop fielded by pitcher Sam Williams in the second inning. Slide out deep to Willie Davis in center in the fourth. Bernatsky pitches second low for ball one. The Mets have the bases loaded with one man out. Chuchu Coleman has moved up to the on-deck position for the New York Mets. Bernatsky deals. Slow curveball. And this is outside. It's ball two. Two and oh. Third base, Tommy Davis, even with the bag against the left-hand batter. Joyce second and third, playing him deep. Aronofsky, hands on hips, has the time now, works the 2-0 pitch. It's in there for a call strike. Hungary had a notion that held up on breaking ball. It's two and one. Doubting the call, points with his bat to a spot there behind the plate. That is Mel Sander, the umpire behind the plate. Sander and Sander had quite a conversation last night about a play at first base. Here's a swing and a ground ball to the right side, slow roll. All right, it's taken by Fairley. He'll have to go to first base on a run, has scored. So it gives Thornby a run batted in as he goes out to first base unassisted. Charlie Neal moves to third, and Frank Thomas to second. Two men out now, and the score is 4-2 to two, the Dodgers over the Mets, and Chuchu Coleman coming up. No chance to try to go for two on the slow roller to first base. Here's Chuchu, he has struck out swinging, and he was on. On an error by Stan Williams when he bounced one off his shins in the bottom half of the fourth. So for the moment, the hopes of the Mets ride with Chuchu. That run charged, of course, against Stan Williams. Bowman to left-hand batter, and Karanowski with the pitch high for ball one. Rod Keneal has now moved up to the on-deck slot. Ed Roebuck has turned in the bullpen now to watch the action. Stop throwing for a moment. Aronofsky with the 1-0 pitch. In there for a call strike. It's 1-1 one one for Coleman. Charlie Neal is at third base and Frank Thomas at second base. Aronofsky goes to the Rosenbach. Here's the 1-1 one, one pitch. It is outside for ball. It is 2-1. And, and this time it is John Roseborough, the catcher, who questions the call. And manager Walter Austin comes running out of the dugout and is on his way to the mound. Let's check with Peronowski.
in the bullpen. Anton Hips looking in. As Austin talks to Karanowski at the mound. The Dodgers lead the Mets by a score of 4-2. to two. Mets batting. Bottom half of the fifth inning. And now Mel Steiner, the umpire, walks out to the mound. Austin apparently just trying to get Karanowski settled down a little bit. So Steiner comes out. Austin turns, of course, to argue a little bit with Steiner. That's the managerial maneuver. If you want to kill a little time, while when the umpire comes out to say, let's play ball again, argue with him. That'll take up time. General Manager Buzzy Pavese of the Dodgers sitting uh, with arms folded looking out onto the playing field and Austin still hasn't left the mound as Steiner now turns to face under the Austin and they come back together. Austin leaving the field, Steiner talking to him. And now it is Austin who turns and is walking behind Steiner saying something to him. And in such circumstances, that is the managerial maneuver. Argue with him about whether or not you can kill time and in so doing you will have killed the time which is exactly what he wanted to do to try to settle down his pitcher. So Austin is back to the dugout. Choo-choo Goldman steps into the batter's box to count. His two balls and one strike. Aronofsky throws to second, and Thomas is back safely. Charlie Neal ready to go in case there is any bobble of the ball. It was taken by Maury Wills. And returned to Peronoski. I just tried to pick out the second base. And now the 2-1 pitch. Swung on, it's a ground ball on the first baseline. It is a foul ball. All by Steiner, the umpire behind the plate. This series is being worked by three umpires. So with runners at second and third, Boggins is over near second. Landis is at third, so calls have to be made there by the umpire behind the plate. And we have Mel Steiner. Runs the count two and two. Coleman, who broke the bat on that one, he asked the bat boy to bring out another. Has it. Splintered the bat. That last one. Thin handle bat used by Coleman. Choo-choo steps back in. Aronofsky with the 2-2 pitch. Swung on and missed strike three. Struck him out to get out of trouble. That is the first strike out of course for Aronofsky. You can now close the book on Williams. Four in the third inning. Two runs, two hits. Two strikeouts and six walks. In the bottom half of the fifth, the Mets got one run on no hit. There were no errors. And there were three men left on base. So two men left on base. And towards the end of five full innings of play, the score is... The Dodgers four and the Mets two. Ever notice how a manager juggles his lineup until he comes up with a winner? He keeps moving his players around until he finds the right man for the right position. Well, that makes sense in filter cigarettes, too. You smoke all seven leading filter cigarettes, and I'll bet your taste will tell you to stick with Viceroy. Because some cigarettes taste too strong, like they didn't have a filter at all. And others taste too light. They take all the fun and flavor out of smoking. 
But Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong, not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. Viceroy in the familiar soft pack or exclusive new slide top case. You've heard about the filter on this cigarette, but the Viceroy taste is the best thing yet. He means Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong. Not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. That's, that's right. right. We're going now to the top half of the sixth inning, and the Los Angeles Dodgers will send up big Frank Howard. He has slide to right. Single to left. One for two. Roger Craig, the starter, still in the ball game for the New York Mets. Here's Roger's first pitch to Howard. Swung on to foul ball back, and this one's out of play. A comfortably cool afternoon at Polo Ground. And we'll be back here again tomorrow afternoon, game time, 2 p.m., as the Dodgers are in for their last game of the season against the Mets and their last appearance of the season at the Polo Ground. Craig's pitch to Howard is a punt that he missed, and it goes as a strike. Big Frank, he tries to do that occasionally and does do it occasionally because everybody plays him very deeply. There are not many infielders on the left side who want to play uh, anything less than maximum depth against Frank Howard. So he tries to uh, get the ball blunted occasionally to, if nothing else, bring him in a step or two. Two strike count. There's a pitch high for a ball. It's one and two. During the early days of his career, Frank's biggest problem was chasing curveballs out of the strike zone. In batting practice for a long time, they threw him nothing but care about. There's a breaking ball inside. It's two and two now to Frank Howard. He had a bad habit of lunging for breaking balls and getting off balance, but he seems to have uh, done very well uh, correcting that. Here's uh, the two-two pitch. Care ball swung on and hit up the middle for a base hit. Jim Hickman up with it, relays it in, and Frank Howard turns and holds with his second base hit of the day, a ground single up the middle, and that brings up Duke Snyder, the field captain of the Dodgers. Snyder walks in the second, struck out swinging in the top of the fourth. The Dodgers lead in this ballgame by a score of 4-2. to two. In the seven innings to play in Baltimore, it is the Orioles six and the Yankees five. Mr. Snyder is... Blowing away for ball one. Greg checks Howard at first base, and here's the pitch that's outside, ball two. Roger Craig has struck out four and walk one in this ball game. Struck out three in the fourth inning. After fairly homered and Howard single, struck out Snyder, Roseborough, and Williams. Here's a swing and a ground ball to first. Second by Thornberry. He's out. The throw to second, and he's tagged out. Charlie Neal putting the tag, and it's a double play. The second time today that that identical double play has been effective. 
Thornberry took the ground ball up the back, stepped on the back. That takes off the fourth and second till the tag has to be made. Thornberry then threw on the kneel in time. Two men out, nobody on, and Roseberry coming up. Roseberry has grounded out to first base and called out on strike. Marvelous Marv Thornberry at first base has been turning in some fine fielding plays of late. Pitches in there for call strike. Strangely enough, for the last couple of years, he's been used a lot more in the outfield than at first base. Came to the major leagues as a first baseman with the New York Yankees. Attended Kansas City and at Baltimore. Mark was used more in the outfield. And lost the knack completely of playing the infield position. That pitch is high. One and one. He was explaining uh, some weeks ago the fact that a ground ball is handled entirely differently in the outfield. And that he had a problem with him here, and Gil Hodges pointed it out to him first. There's a 1 1 pitch swung on it. It's a ground ball to Keneal in second. Throws on to Thornberry in time, and the side is retired. So, in the top of the sixth, the Dodgers got no runs on one hit, no errors, and none left. And at the end of five and a half, the score is the Dodgers four and the Mets two. And now, a word from Viceroy Cigarette. I've been out with my truck for a week on the road and was heading on home with a 10-ton load. The trip was long. It felt good to get back. And I went for a smoke and found an empty pack. I asked for my brand at a diner I know. The man said, all out of yours. Try these, Joe. Now, I only smoke filters, but these were too light. But a cute little waitress <laughs> said things right. She said, Viceroy tastes the way you'd like a filter cigarette to taste. Not too strong. Not too light. Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. Now I smoke Viceroy, and it must be fate, because that waitress and I have a wedding date. Ah, that's right. So now I know, and I'll take all bets. If you smoke all seven filter cigarettes, you'll find some too strong. Some too light. But Viceroy's got the taste that's right. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right, we go to the bottom half of the sixth inning, and Rod Keneal is up to lead off for the Mets. He is grounded out and doubled in the ballgame today as the only extra base hit for the Mets. Mets have only two, got them both off Stan Williams. Single by Ashburn in the third, and a double by Keneal in the fourth. Ron Peronoski, now working, of course, in relief of Stan Williams. Came on to get him out of a tough spot. In the fifth, when he got Mark Thornberry to ground out the first base and struck out Choo Choo Coleman. That did score one run on the ground out. Aronofsky was brought in in a bases loaded situation. Here's a swing and a broken bat ground ball to short. Mario Wells takes it on a big hop, plays it across in time, and Keneal has grounded out. One man out, nobody on. The Mets have pulled off two double plays here this afternoon, as we were mentioning, identical double plays, and they have tightened up that infield considerably with the switch of Neal to short and Keneal to second. Here's the pitch in there for a tall strike. Or 
each of those double plays, 1,000 Viceroy cigarettes will go to the Veterans Hospital in Albany, New York. Pitches inside, and that, of course, is Curtis Field, the Brown and Williamson Tobacco Corporation, the makers of Viceroy. One to count to Jim Hickman at the plate. Pitch is swung on and foul back and out of play. One and two. Difficulty in getting your big group to come down. 
No, we didn't. In fact, we could have had many more buses. We only bought four buses, but this is our first year. We thought we'd go easy. Next year, we plan a trip in the spring and maybe uh, another one in the late summer. Well, wonderful. We're happy you're here this time, and we hope you'll come back and see us again. We will, and I uh, would suggest that other stations along the network pick up the same idea. It's a great idea to bring the Mets fans down to see the games they're listening to on their, their own radio stations throughout, as we are on WGY. It's a good idea, and I think uh, the fans really enjoy seeing the games, and you can work it out economically so that uh, it's kind of a break-even proposition, but a lot of fun for everybody. We at WGY love it. Good, Bill. Sounds like it's been a lot of fun for you, and uh, they're certainly seeing a good ball game. Your group seated in sections 14 and 15 this afternoon. Ron Fairley leading off against Roger Craig in the top of the seventh inning. In the first pitch, foul tip catches Choo Choo Coleman on the throwing hand. And now Gus Mosh is coming out to have a look at Choo Choo's hand. Real hazards of the profession for a catcher is being nicked on that right hand. Sammy Taylor, who came to the New York Mets in a swap for Bobby Gene Smith earlier in the year, had just gotten himself into a real good hitting group when he had the misfortune to break the ring finger on his right hand. Had to go on the disabled list, Sammy on the list, for well over a month. And he was just restored to the active list in the game last night. And right now, Choo Choo Coleman is undergoing repairs after being nicked by a foul tip. Choo Choo insisting that everything is all right, and so Roger Craig moves back to the mound, and Roger... May want to throw a couple to Choo Choo to be sure that his hand is just right. Today has been St. Petersburg, Florida Day here in New York. Big delegation here from the winter home of the New York Mets. Now Craig into his windup, pitches to Fairley. Breaking ball inside and low, one ball, one strike. Ron Fairley has been a real thorn in the side of the Mets throughout the year. Today's game, Fairley has a double to left center. And a home run in three times up. And he's hitting over 450 against Mets pitching. The 1-1 pitch, right in there, a call strike. One ball and two strikes. Dodgers lead 4-2. We're in the top of the seventh. Roger Craig has gone all the way for New York. Ron Peronowski replaced Dodger starter Stan Williams when Stan lost his control and walked three in the fifth inning. He had good stuff. He gave up only two hits. Ground ball right back to the mound. Stabbed in the glove hand. Throw to first is a wide throw, but Thronberry gets it. Runs back to the bag and makes the play. I think I said uh, Ron Fairley. I don't know. We were busy concentrating on the group down here from Schenectady. I should have been talking about Ron Peronowski, so I beg your pardon. Peronowski hitting for the first time in the game. Peronowski grounds out. We'll take the error on that one. One away, nobody on. Now the top of the order for Maury Wills. Maury has been on two times and three times up. Two for three. Pitch is over for a call strike. The last Major League player to steal 70 bases in a season was Ty Cobb back in 1915. Maury needs only one more to reach 70. Inside at the knees. One ball, one strike on Maury Wills. It was not until Bobby Bregan, managing at Spokane, gave Maury the green light to switch it, that Maury really started blossoming into stardom. Inside and low, it's ball two, two and one. 
out of his windup, delivers two and one. A slow ground ball off the mound is Roger. He has it. He fires the first. Two men down. Two up and two set aside by Roger Craig. That'll bring up Jim Gilliam. Gilliam, a perfect game going with three for three. Single to center, single to right, single to left. Gilliam hitting at 282. on the way. Laced foul on a line down the left field line and veering over into the crowd out of play. Well, we have a magnificent day. Hardly a cloud in the sky. The sky a high, endless, brilliant blue. Breeze blowing across the field from right toward left. Infield a stride toward right. The pitch to Gilliam brushes him back from the plate and the count is even at one ball, one strike. He made him wiggle on a high fastball. Count even, one and one. The one-one delivery. Inside, it's ball two, two and one. Dodgers four, Mets two, top of the seventh inning. Game brought to you with the best wishes of Rain Gold Extra Drive. Pitching two and one. Outside it's ball three. Three and one now. The count on Junior Gilliam. Gilliam in his tenth year. Lifetime 270 hitter. Cocktails the bat around. Swings and it's a high fly ball deep to right field. It is up. It might and it does a home run. Building his fourth home run of the year, a towering fly that on a downward flight landed in the upper deck on the first row. And Gilliam now has four for four. Dodgers now have hit three home runs in the game. Homer's driving in three of their five. Ron Fairley, Tommy Davis, and now Junior Gilliam connecting for the Dodgers. They lead five to two. Ground ball hit hard, taken on a hop by Thronberry. The race to the bag, he's out at first. Thronberry racing Willie Davis, and he just beat the speedster to retire the side. One run, one hit. No errors, none left on in the top half of the seventh. Seventh inning stretch time now at the end of six and a half innings to score. Dodgers five and the Mets two. Say, we really had a great day on Rangel Day, August 4th, right here at the Polo Grounds. We all got to meet the six beautiful candidates for Miss Rangel, 1963. And I want to tell you, if I had my way, they'd all be next year's Miss Rangel. They're beautiful. But really, the decision is up to you. Your votes will decide whether Carol, Brew, Eileen, Beverly, Loretta, or Chris will be your Miss Rangel, 1963. So the next time you're buying beer as beer should taste in any one of the 45,000 stores and taverns that sell New York's favorite beer, Rangold Extra Dry, drop in a vote or two for your favorite candidates. And right now, while you're enjoying the game, why not enjoy a glass of Rangold Extra Dry 
with the flavor that's brisk and bright and clean, clear through. Don't forget now, the next chance you get, vote for your favorite, Miss. Miss Rangel, 1963. Now the crowd up for the seventh inning stretch in the polo grounds. Richie Ashburn will be up against Ron Peronowski. Peronowski has saved 15 games coming out of that bullpen for the Dodgers this year. Tommy Davis in close to third now with Ashburn hitting. The left-hander winds and the pitch is inside. Ball one. Next pitch by Peronowski. Ashburn takes a hook that's over for a call strike. One ball, one strike. Richie has one hit and two times up. He drew a walk in the fifth inning and later scored a run. Seems like just about every game, Richie gets on a couple of times. Now he holds up on a curve outside. Ball two, two and one. Charlie Neal on deck and then Felix Mantilla in the home seventh inning. Two-one delivery. Round ball bounced towards second to his right as Gilliam. He snags the big hop. Throws to Fairley and Ashburn is out. One away, nobody on. Now in the last of the seventh inning, and so Charlie Neal will try and get it going. Charlie has grounded out, reached on a force play, and drawn a walk. He's 0 for 2. Charlie had the big hit in the victory over the Giants on Wednesday night. A timely single to center to drive home the winning run. Baranowski winds and delivers. A strike on the outside corner. Baranowski has amazing control for a young pitcher, and that's why he has worked so successfully out of that Dodger bullpen. A foul ball wafted high in the air back toward the Dodger dugout. Joe Farrell hoping for a play is told by the dugout. No chance and backs away. Ball goes into the crowd out of reach. Count strike two now on Charlie Neal. Joey Jay gunning for his 20th win of the year. The Reds have Houston 6-2 at the end of six. Giants and Phillies play tonight in Philadelphia. Dodgers lead the Giants by two and a half. The Reds by three. Reds have lost only eight games out of their last 39, and the Mets have handed three of those eight setbacks to Freddie Hutchinson's team. Foul tipped. Eagles missed, beg your pardon, popped out of road for Smith to throw the first, and he's safe. Ball popped out of road for Smith, and both pitcher and uh, catcher and hitter took it for granted. The ball had been fouled up. Both just stood there for a moment. Then all of a sudden, it dawned on him that the ball had not been fouled up. Neal took off for first base, and the throw was not in time. So Neal strikes out, but he reaches safely. an error charge does Johnny Rose for Owen who strikes for Ron Peronowski. 
Batter now is Felix Mantilla. Both Roseboro and Neal just stood there. Everybody in the ballpark was convinced the ball had been fouled up for a moment. Crowder hit the shortstop. Maury Wills fires over to Gilliam for one. On to first, a wide throw. He was hit hard by Neal sliding into second base. And Charlie breaks up the double play. Now Frank Thomas hitting. Mets two run, three runs behind. We're in the last half of the seventh. Frank 0 for 2 is fouled out to first. Grounded out short to first and drawn a walk. Marv Throneberry crouched on deck, hoping that Thomas can save him a stick here in the last half of the seventh inning. Now Ron Paranowski, up in pitching position, delivers an off-speed pitch outside. One ball and no strikes. We'll have a complete rundown of the scores of other games for you at the end of the inning. Inside and low, Thomas laying off, and the count two balls and no strikes. Fifth straight ball game against the top team, and has been a good one. Thronebury's dramatic two-out, three-run homer, won a game from Pittsburgh in the ninth. Swing and a miss. Two and one now on Frank Thomas. That was on Tuesday in the second game of the doubleheader. Wednesday night, Neal single in the eighth inning. Won the game over the Giants, 5-4. to four. Thomas goes after a curve, and the count is even at 2-2. Two and two. Crowd today, 21,065. The 2 2 pitch, low and outside, it's ball three, three and two. Let's go over the 840,000 mark in home attendance here this afternoon. The runner goes, grounder hammered down the third baseline, fair ball. Thomas held up thinking it was foul, and he's thrown out at first on a long throw by Tommy Davis. Frank Thomas stopped after running about eight or ten feet down the line, and it was a fair ball, went right over the bag, and Frank is thrown out by Tommy Davis. Whether he could have beaten the play had the ball been, had he not stopped, remains to be seen, I doubt it. In the seventh inning, no runs, no hits. One error charged to Johnny Roseboro, and one left on. And now at the end of seven, the score, Dodgers five and the Mets two. Tomorrow, left-hander Pete Rickert will be on the mound for the Dodgers. He has taken the plate. With the Baltimore Orioles leading the New York Yankees six to five. Billy Heft has replaced Dick Hall in the seventh. Ralph Hawkins used Jim Coates, Marshall Bridges, Willis Arroyo, and Tex Clevenger. They go to the ninth inning in Cleveland with the Cleveland Indians leading Boston by a score of 7-6. to six. That went all the way for Cleveland.
12, Fornelius and Dick Raddish now for the Red Sox. Home runs by Chuck Schilling for the Red Sox, Bubba Phillips, and Jerry Kendall for Cleveland. They're in the last of the seventh inning at Metropolitan Stadium. The Minnesota Twins lead the Kansas City A's 3-1. to one. Ed Rocco, a 12-game winner pitching for the A's against lefty Dick Stigman. He's 8-3. Del Greco homered in the first. Nobody on. They are held up again by Rain in the last of the sixth inning in Detroit. Washington in front, 5 to nothing. Steve Hamilton against Jones in relief. Ritzer and Bright have homered. The warm-ups in Los Angeles, Eddie Fisher for the White Sox and Bo Belinsky for the Angels. Tommy Davis at the line drive, right to Felix Mantilla, one down. One away in the eighth inning with Tommy Davis hitting the first pitch thrown by Ken McKenzie. Roger Craig pitched seven innings. Roger gave up five runs, 11 hits. Now the hitter is Ron Fairley. Ron up two for three in the game, a double and a home run. And he takes the pitch ball one. Now McKenzie missing with a fastball off the outside corner, and he goes behind on fairly three and nothing. Roger Craig in seven innings gave up five runs, eleven hits. He walked only one and struck out four. Again today, Roger picked off a man getting Tommy Davis of the Dodgers. Roger leaving the game after seven innings. Roger has been bothered some the last couple of weeks with a bad back. And it's low, ball four, and fairly walks with one out in the eighth inning. Now Frank Howard comes up. Howard has two hits and three times up. He singled in the fourth, and he singled again in the sixth inning. Howard hitting at 304. ball bounced toward the hole racing over a steal the throw to second wide throw going into right field Coonberry running out into the outfield after it racing on to third goes Ron Fairley and Howard is on at first that ball was bounced toward the hole Neil had a real tough play on his end racing into the hole he made the backhand play tried to whirl and throw off balance his throw went wide on the off balance throw and the runners wind up on first and third the official score rules that the throw would not have been there in time to get Ryan Fairley. It's a base hit for Frank Howard, his third of the game. But an error is charged on Charlie Neal that enables Fairley to go from second to third. Now the Dodgers have runners on first and third, one down, and the hitter... Luke Snyder is scheduled up, and we're going to get a pinch hitter. Lee Walls coming out, right-hand batter. And he'll hit against the southpaw, Ken McKenzie.
0 for 2. Duke was on base once. He drew a walk. Now Larry Burright comes out of the dugout and will run for Ron Fairley. Larry Burright in the game as a runner for Ron Fairley. Dodgers with runners on first and third. Howard at first. Burright at third. And Lee Walls is batting for Duke Snyder. Walls hitting a 250. Slender right-hand batter with good power. Pitch is low as ball one. Throw down to first by Chuchu Coleman. Not in time. Dodgers have out hit the Mets in the game. 12 to 2. But it's still... A close ball game, 5-2. to two. Dodgers in front. We're in the top of the eighth inning. Left hand the infield, trying for a third double play in the game. Now the pitch. The squeeze is on. He fouls the ball off. The suicide squeeze was on. Burright coming down the line with no turning back point. And around the bunt was Lee Walls. He bunted foul. One ball, one strike. Now the count is even, one and one. Johnny Roseboro will be up next. Al McKenzie up in pitching position. Checks the runners, then delivers. Swung on and foul tipped. One ball and two strikes. Ken McKenzie retired Tommy Davis on one pitch, a line drive to third, but he walked Ryan Fairley. Howard had an infield hit deep to short with Fairley going on to third on the wide throw by Charlie Neal at second base. Runners on first and third, one out. Pitching one and two. A ground ball hit toward the hole, a base hit going to left field for Lee Walls. Burrine is in to score. Howard rounds second and holds there. Run batted in for the pinch hitter, Lee Walls, and the Dodgers now lead 6-2. to two. Now the hitter is Johnny Roseboro. Runners on first and second, one down. Roseboro 0 for 3. Rounded out to Thronberry, struck out, and was thrown out by Rod Keneal. Roseboro, left-hand batter waiting, the pitch by McKenzie, and he uppercuts the ball, a high pop-up on the right side of the diamond. The automatic infield fly ruling invoked, and Keneal on the rim of the outfield grass makes the catch for the out. Now there are two away, and Ron Peronowski will be coming up. Peronowski replaced starting pitcher Stan Williams. He has been up once before and was thrown out by Roger Craig. a left-hand hitter facing Ken McKenzie. Here's the pitch on the way. He tries to drag a bunt. Misses strike one. 
Lefty Bill Hunter and right-hander Bob Miller warming up down in the bullpen for the New York Mets. In comes the pitch on Peronowski, and it's taken high. One ball, one strike. Bottom half of the eighth inning, Dodgers lead 6-2. to two. A 1-1 pitch. Foul tipped. He went after a curve, breaking it on him in the count. One ball, two strikes. McKenzie has his sign from Choo Choo. Here's the pitch. A swing and a miss. He struck him out. Side retired at the top of the eighth inning. The Dodgers had a run. One run, two hits. One error, and two left on. At the end of seven and a half innings, the score, Dodgers six and the Mets two. And now here's one of your favorite vocalists with a bright new tune about New York's favorite beer. Ask me, Vic Damone, what beer to buy. I'll tell you. That Rheingold Extra Dry, now that's the beer to buy. Its flavor's brisk and bright, and clearly extra dry. It's New York's favorite brew, the only one for you, because it's dry and true. That's Rheingold Extra Dry. The taste of Rheingold's bright, because it's brewed just right. Brewed long and slow for flavor, clean and extra dry. That Rheingold Extra Dry, now that's the beer to buy. It's extra dry, that's why Have some Rheingold beer tonight It's New York's favorite brew The only one for you Because it's dry and true Have a Rheingold beer tonight Now the last of the eighth inning, and Mara Thronberry will be the first up against southpaw Ron Baranowski. Thronberry faced Baranowski. In the fifth inning, he was brought in to pitch to Thronberry. Marv grounded out to the first baseman, scoring a run. We'll check the changes for the Los Angeles Dodgers. Tommy Davis goes from third base out to left field. Junior Gilliam moves over to play third. Larry Burright is now playing second. Howard goes over to right field. Chopped foul off the plate. And at first base, Kem Harkness. So we have virtually a new defensive array for the Los Angeles Dodgers here in the last of the eighth inning. Gilliam at third. Laurie Wells at short. Larry Burright playing second. And Kem Harkness is at first. Tommy Davis in left, Willie Davis in center, and Frank Howard in right. A drive looped to short right field by Thronberry, and it's in for a base hit. Howard plays the ball in the hop, and Thronberry singles to right, leading off the last of the eighth inning. Sent up by Casey Stingle to bat for Choo Choo Coleman to get a right-hand hitter up against the southpaw pitcher. 
A high pop-up on the right side of the infield. Holding his hand up and calling is Larry Burright, and he puts it away on the rim of the outfield grass, one man down. Herscher retired on one pitch by Paranowski. One away, one on in the homemade inning. Rod Keneal coming up. Rod has a double and three times up. Paranowski has a chance to pick up the wind if he can protect his lead over the eighth and ninth innings. As Stan Williams, the starting pitcher, went out in the fifth inning without retiring the side. And the starting pitcher must go five innings to get credit for the win. And it's a strike on the outside corner. Baranowski, in relief, has given up only one hit, the single to right by Marv Dronberry. And it breaks inside. One ball, one strike. One delivery, a ground ball bounced slowly, charging in his fur right. He puts the tag on Thronberry, throws to first, not in time. He tagged Thronberry running by and tried for two, but the throw to first was late. Two men down now in the last of the eighth inning, and on to hit will be Jim Hickman. has walked twice in this afternoon's game. His only official time up, he struck out. He lets it go, and the fast one is triggered outside. One ball, no strike. Dodgers, six runs, 13 hits, and one error. New York, two runs, three hits, three errors. Let's check the totals again for the Dodgers. One error on the scoreboard. It should be two. Fouled out of play by Jim Hickman. Ron Paranowski on in relief for the Dodgers. As a rookie last year, Paranowski was in 53 games. He won seven and lost five. And his fastball has been there for a strike. One ball and two strikes. Baranowski, 25 years old. Dodgers picked him up from the Cubs organization in a Don Zimmer swap. Foul ball off to the left, no play. He's turned out to be a real find for them. The Dodgers Scots had seen him in the minor leagues and liked what they saw. And when the Cubs wanted Don Zimmer, Buzzy Babesi insisted on Ron Baranowski, who was then in the minor leagues, as a player in the deal. And it has turned out to be a tremendous deal for the Dodgers. In the dirt. Count even two and two on Jim Hickman. Ground ball hit down the third baseline. It's a foul ball, no play, and the count two and two.
last half of the eighth inning, Rod Keneal on first. He reached on the fourth play, two men down. Now Baranowski checks the runner, then pitches. Fouled again by Jim Hickman, and he hangs in there, staying alive. Even count, two and two. Ken McKenzie is scheduled up next. Ground ball down the third baseline, foul ball. Love-handed by Jim Gilliam. But it was in foul territory, and now while everybody retraces their steps, that ball being run out by Jim Hickman, let's pause for station identification. Time, four minutes past five. You get the news five minutes sooner on WABC AM and FM New York. Temperature 77 degrees. Bob Murphy with Ralph Kainer and Lindsey Nelson from the Polo Grounds. We're in the last of the eighth. The Dodgers lead them at 6-2. to two. Rod Keneal on first, two down, and a two-and-two two count on Jim Hickman. Aronofsky, who has been on in relief, comes to fifth inning, takes his sign. Now the 2-2 two, two pitch. Outside and high, he lays off three and two. off the stretch. There goes Keneal, and the ball is popped up in foul ground outside first. Tim Harkness moving over. He has plenty of room and takes it for the out. Side retired in the last of the eighth inning. No runs, one hit, no errors, one left on. At the end of eight, the score, the Dodgers six, and the New York Mets two. Well, following tomorrow's game with the Los Angeles Dodgers... Casey Stingle and the Mets will be going on the road. They open their road trip with a twilight night twin bill in Philadelphia on Tuesday night. And before returning to the polo grounds on September 10th, they'll be playing series against the Phillies in Philadelphia, the Cardinals in St. Louis, on to Pittsburgh over Labor Day, then down to Houston, Texas, and back home to meet the Milwaukee Braves on the 10th of September. On the weekend of the 14th, 15th, and 16th, those red-hot Cincinnati Reds will be coming in. While the Mets are away, tickets will be on sale at the advanced sale window on the 8th Avenue side of the Polo Grounds, 175th and 8th Avenue. The Grand Central Station near the 42nd and Vanderbilt Ramp and the Long Island Waiting Room of the Penn Station. Remember, too, that ticket reservations for all future games here at the Polo Grounds may be made at all Howard closed stores in the greater New York area. Chris Canizero takes over behind the plate as we go into the ninth inning. Well, we've enjoyed this season all season long, and we've enjoyed particularly the last few ball games against the top-notch ball clubs. Hope you've enjoyed them, too, and that you're enjoying a fine cold glass of Rhine Gold Extra Dry. It's beer as beer should taste. Dry tells you why. Maury Wills fronts. It goes right back to the mound. McKenzie throws the first one down. Little Maury Wills trying to bunny his way on to lead off the ninth inning, but he's thrown out by McKenzie as the bunt went right back to the mound. One away, nobody on now in the ninth. That brings up Gilliam. 
A banner day for Jim Gilliam, the 10-year vet. He has four for four, three singles and a home run. Dodgers have hit three home runs in the game. McKenzie Winding delivers. Inside, down around the shins. One ball and no strikes. Inside and low, it's ball two, two and nothing. Game in Cincinnati now has gone seven innings with the Reds leading the Colts 45, seven to four. Seven to four. Cincinnati out in front at the end of seven. Giants and Phillies play tonight in Philadelphia. Ball four, Gilliam walks, leading to go down to first base for the ninth inning with one out. Yankee Baltimore game all over. The Orioles winning at eight to six. Eight runs, 16 hits for Baltimore. Six runs, 13 hits for the Yankees. Starter Dick Hall, the winner, followed by Hefton Wilhelm. Marshall Bridges, the loser, in relief. Baltimore eight, New York six. Cleveland beat the Red Sox eight to six. Minnesota down Kansas City three to one. Line drive by Willie Davis down the right field line. It hits the foul pole a home run. Willie Davis building his fifth home run of the year in the polo grounds. He hit a line drive right down the right field line to hit the screen attached to the foul pole. A two-run homer. Willie had a home run in the game last night, which was his 19th, and that is number 20. He leads the Dodger players and home runs hit on the road. Fourth home run of the game for the Dodgers. Tommy Davis takes ball one. Tommy hit his 21st home run of the year in the fifth inning. Dodgers now have an 8-2 to two lead in the ninth inning. Inside and low to Tommy Davis, ball two, two and nothing. Willie Davis now has driven three of the eight runs in. Ground ball hit hard. Backhand play by Mantilla. The long throw. He is safe at first. The throw pulls Cronberry off the bat. Great fielding play on a backhand step by Felix Mantilla. He then had a real long throw to make. And the throw pulls Cronberry off the bat. For Tommy Davis, his second hit of the ball game, and it's a historic base hit for Tommy Davis. 178 hits this year for Tommy, and he erases the old Dodger club record held by Charlie Neal. Swing and a miss by Larry Burright. McKenzie off the stretch. In comes the pitch. Outside and low. One ball, one strike. We'll have to do a little researching to be sure that that is an all-time Dodger Club record or just since the team moved to Los Angeles. It seemed to believe without doing any looking that it was probably since the team went to Los Angeles. Burright hits one foul down the third baseline. One ball and two strikes.
Rogers have hit four home runs this afternoon. Willie and Tommy Davis have hit home runs. Ron Fairley and Jim Gilliam have hit home runs. Now Larry Burright, right-hand batter, he's up for the first time. Swings and misses. A pick the first by Kenneth Earl. It's not in time. As Burright goes down swinging. Big Frank Howard coming up. Two men down, top of the ninth inning. Two runs are in. Tommy Davis on first. And the pitch is low, ball one. Ken McKenzie came on to pitch the eighth inning, gave up one run and two hits, has given up two runs, two hits here in the ninth inning. Now the pitch. Swing and a miss by Frank Howard. Howard has three hits in a row. He's three for four in the game. Dodgers now have a 15-hit attack. An off-speed curve in there, a call strike, one ball and two strikes. Outside and low, a throw to first by Canizero, not in time. Well, they've got quite a game going in Cincinnati. Houston scored two more in the top of the eighth inning. They go into the ninth inning now with Cincinnati in front, 7-6. to six. Jim Brosnan has come on to relieve Joey Jay. Swing and a miss, he struck him out. Ken McKenzie fans Frank Howard to retire the side. Two runs, two hits, no errors, and one left on. And now at the end of eight and a half innings, the score, the Dodgers eight and the Mets two. Well, pipe smokers relax in a man's world with mild Sir Walter Raleigh. Sir Walter Raleigh is known as the brand of Grand Aroma. You'll enjoy it from the very first pipe full. It's choice Kentucky Burley, extra aged. Smells grand, packs right, smokes sweet, can't bite. Yes, choice Kentucky Burleys are extra aged to their peak of mildness to help you enjoy pipe smoking more. And Sir Walter Raleigh's pouch pack. Keeps tobacco 44% fresher. You can feel the tobacco is kept fresh and moist by the Sir Walter Raleigh pouch pack. The pouch is sturdy and flexible, too, and it won't bulge in your pocket. And for home or office, get Sir Walter Raleigh in the exclusive knob-top vacuum pack canisters. Large economy size or the half canister. These humidor canisters keep Sir Walter Raleigh factory fresh. So, men... Light up and enjoy baseball with the quality pipe tobacco. Sir Walter Raleigh in the pouch pack are exclusive knob top canisters. Sir Walter Raleigh, the brand of Grand Aroma. Now Joe Christopher comes out to hit for Ken McKenzie.
Joe Christopher, right-hand batter, up against Ron Baranowski, last of the ninth inning. New York six behind, trailing the Dodgers eight to two. Baranowski's pitch is over a call strike. The young left-hander has been brilliant in relief. He has given up only one hit. He came on for Stan Williams back in the fifth inning. Here's the pitch to him. He lays off. It's a little bit outside. One ball, one strike. Baranowski with a chance to nail down his fourth win of the year against three losses. Ball two, two and one. Big day for the Dodger bats. They found it out. Eight runs on 15 hits and hit four home runs. Ball three, a three and one count now on Joe Christopher. For the Dodgers, Jim Gilliam has faced the attack with four for four, including a home run. Ball four outside, Christopher walks, leading off the last of the ninth inning. Top of the batting order and Richie Ashburn hitting. Richie on base twice and four trips to the plate with a single and a walk. Gilliam in close at third, pitch to Richie, a strike on the inside corner. Mets have been held at three hits. Stan Williams gave up two in four and a third, and Paranowski has given up only one, an eighth inning single by Marv Thronberry. And it's taken low. One ball, one strike. Well, it's all over in Cincinnati. Jim Browston held the Colt 45s in check in the ninth inning. And the Reds win it 7-6. to six. They've now won 18 of their last 21 ball games, 32 out of their last 40. The 1-1 pitch, a drive in the air to right field. Hurrying back is Howard. He's getting there, and he makes the catch. Hurrying back to first, now comes Joe Christopher. It's Howard with a good arm. Takes in toward first, and Tim Hartman. One away with one, one on in the last of the ninth inning, and Charlie Neal batting. Charlie hitless and three times up. Now Paranowski checks the runner. Down comes the pitch, and it's fouled off to the right and out of play. Here's the line score on the game in Cincinnati. The Reds win it with seven runs, nine hits, one error. Houston, six runs, 12 hits, one error. Joey Jay winning his 20th of the year. Bob Perkey won number 20 last night. Jay now 20 and 10. Dirk Farrell, the loser. Marty Keel and Chico Cardin is homered for the Reds and Hal Smith for Houston. 
The only other final National League score, St. Louis defeated Pittsburgh 3-2. Larry Jackson besting Bob Friend. Call strike to Charlie Neal. Now a two-strike count. There on the ninth inning in Chicago, Braves in front 8 to nothing over the Cubs. Baltimore down the Yankees, 8-6. Cleveland beat the Red Sox, 8-6. Ground ball back to Paranowski. He throws the second to Wills for one. On the first, double play, and the game is over. A 1-6-3 double play, and it's all over. In the ninth inning, no runs, no hits, no errors, and none left on. So the Dodgers win it. On great pitching by Stan Williams and Ron Paranowski to gain a split in the two-game series. Mets won the opener last night by a score of 6-3. And we'll have the rubber game of the series tomorrow afternoon starting at 2 o'clock. The pitchers tomorrow, Pete Rickard for the Dodgers and for the New York Mets, right-hander Craig Anderson. Hope you're planning to be on hand as the final Dodger appearance of New York this year. And it marks the final game of the homestand for Casey Stingles Mets. We'll have the line score and resume of today's game in just a moment. You know, you've heard us say it's beer as beer should taste. Well, think of that for a minute. Isn't that what you want in a beer? Don't you want a beer that's refreshingly dry to the taste, with a flavor that's brisk and bright and clean clear through? Well, that is Rheingold. Rheingold is brewed to be just that. Brewed of the choicest ingredients, brewed the long, slow, costlier way, Rheingold is everything you look for in beer, and dry tells you why. Yes, extra dry means Rheingold's a better beer. It's a wonderful beer, and extra dry means Rheingold beer is more refreshing. And the more refreshing a beer is, the more you're going to enjoy it. So enjoy fine, cold Rheingold beer along with the game. Join the millions who have made New York's Rheingold New York's largest selling beer. The Los Angeles Dodgers with a 15-hit attack, including four home runs. Hit by Willie Davis, Ron Fairley, Tommy Davis, and Jim Gilliam. Back up the pitching of Stan Williams and Ron Paranowski for an 8-2 win to gain a split so far in the series. The rubber game of the series will be played here tomorrow afternoon. And with Cincinnati holding off Houston to win 7-6 in Cincinnati, the pressure now on the San Francisco Giants to win their game tonight against the Philadelphia Phillies at Connie Mack Stadium in Philadelphia. Right now, the Dodgers lead the Giants by a margin of three games, pending the outcome of that game tonight between the Giants and the Phillies. And the Cincinnati Reds have a chance to move in to second place in the National League pennant race should Gene Mox Phillies upset the Giants tonight in Philadelphia. For the Dodgers today, eight runs on 15 hits, two errors, seven left. New York, two runs, three hits, three errors, and nine left. Gilliam led the offensive attack with four for four, including a home run. Frank Howard had three for five. Will, uh, Maury Wills and Tommy Davis each had two for five. Roger Craig worked seven innings and Ken McKenzie two. For the Dodgers, Stan Williams went four and a third, gave up two runs, two hits. And Ron Karanowski worked the rest of the game and allowed only one hit, an eight-inning single to right field by Marv Thronberry, as Karanowski won his fourth game of the year against three losses. Losing pitcher was Roger Craig. Tomorrow, game of two, pitchers Craig Anderson and Pete Rickard. And that's the story from the Polo Grounds this afternoon.